0: You said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 64 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Hi, my name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know. And this week, unfortunately, I'm not joined by the Rustling Kid, a.k.a. Rich Kid. And yes, I'm going to keep calling him the Rustling Kid, even though he complained about it on the last podcast, because that's his nickname and we are fans of continuity here at Wulong Talks. So we're going to continue to call him that. But yeah, he can't make it, unfortunately, today. But we do have a very, very special guest uh, that I'm going to introduce to you now. Um, and that is M from the podcast verbal diorama M welcome to Wulong talks Hi. thank you for joining us
2: thank you for having me I am I'm the new rich I think.
1: I think um, you are. Yeah. But you need to make more noise in the background, though, if you're going to be him. So that means you need to randomly start trying to wash the plates while you're talking or, you know, <laughs> rustle a bag of sweets and start chomping loudly through the microphone whilst you're talking, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Well, <laughs> I do very uh, famously. Well, I say famously, not I've not had that many episodes out, but I do have a squeaky chair that mm. if I uh, if I try really hard, hold on. There you go, there's my squeaky ah, chat.
1: Yeah, we heard it. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember you mentioning that on one of your podcast episodes about yeah. Squeaky Care. I think it was yes. on the <laughs> AE episode. Yeah. So maybe
2: I could be Squeaky M or something. Yeah,
1: yeah that <laughs> yeah. works. That works. Squeaky M works. Welcome. <laughs> You've just got yourself your um your shirt name. <laughs> so Thanks. yeah, Squeaky M.
2: Wow. That's so <laughs> But seriously, it's great to be on the show. And I'm I'm really sad that Rich isn't uh, joining us, but mm. um But hopefully I'll be a a suitable substitute for him.
1: Oh absolutely, I'm sure you're going to be And I think your guests are going to love what you've got to say As well, because um, I know oh, I you're say. somebody Who's really passionate about the movie We're going to be talking about today, which is of course Captain Marvel um, We finally <laughs> managed to see the movie um, Em, I know you've been to see it more than once I've seen it once um, And we've got lots of thoughts on that and, and not just on the movie But about the, I guess Kind of the cultural impact of the movie And, and mm. kind of how it's grown Within you know, the uh, cultural zeitgeist in in the period up to its release and and then on its release so yeah we're going to cover all of that ground today but um, first of all Em uh, how have you been and what have you been up to this week have you been doing any um, gaming are you you a gamer at all actually Em? Um,
2: I, I used to be um, back in the day, uh, <laughs> I used to work for a very well-known games retailer, mm. and uh, as part of my job, I got to take home games. And this was obviously in the in the times of the the uh, original PlayStation and the N sixty four. So I'm talking a long time ago. Uh, mm. It was one of my first jobs, sort of uh, after I finished like education and stuff. Um, so a lot of my time back then was spent playing PlayStation um mm. and n64 and dreamcast and uh yeah so back in the day i had all of the old consoles and then i stupidly sold them all because you know i was an idiot when i was younger <laughs> and um so i'm I'm kind of slowly trying to build up a, a collection again mm. um i've got uh an original playstation um i'm very proud of my original playstation because it's one of the very first ones that had the parallel port on mm. the back mm-hmm, um mm. And um, I've I've got quite a few games for that. Um, but really, um, sort of nowadays games, I guess you could call. Oh, it sounds so old. Oh my god, nowadays <laughs> games. Um, <laughs> um, I have uh, an Xbox One, mm. and to be honest, I don't really play that much on it. But I am a massive fan of Grand Theft Auto V, and mm, cool. I I I know it's years old now and i know that everyone's kind of talking about gta 6 and when's gta 6 coming out and i am going to be the first in the queue to buy gta 6 let me tell you
1: hmm. but
2: um gta 5 has the honor of being the only game i've ever completed 100% oh
0: so,
2: <laughs> um that's how much i loved it
0: <laughs> oh cool cool so uh
2: but yeah uh, as a rule i don't really i'm not really a gamer um hmm. i just i like to collect Mm. Um, old consoles and things like that. Like I I recently bought like a couple of years ago, I got the mini NES and the Mini snares. Uh oh, nice. just yeah, just for nostalgia reasons, mm. really. Mm. Um, but then I know it sounds bad, but they're more for show. I don't know, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they're just for me to say that I have them. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um so yeah, I don't I don't really sort of play games. I just I watch stuff is really mm. what I do. So so yeah, I mean, just this week actually I started watching um Love, Death and Robots. Ah, uh, cool. Okay. And uh yeah, I to be honest, it's something that completely passed me by. And I started watching it and I realized that the episodes were, you know, 10, 15 minutes long each. Mm. And uh yeah, so far I think they're great. Mm. I love the different – I mean, I'm a big fan of animation anyway. Mm. Anyone who's listened to my show will know that I I have a genuine love for animation, but the different animation styles in all of these episodes and the different stories. um, I'm about halfway through, I think, because it's quite – I'm trying to think. I think it's 18 episodes or something. Yeah, it's a, It's uh, like
1: 18 individual episodes, I believe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so I think I'm about halfway through, but I'm just loving the different animation styles, and I mean, some of the sort of photorealistic um, CGI animation that they do. I, I like it's it's incredible. Some of the stuff is just incredible in this show. And mm. it's it's a mm. Netflix show. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, we're giving far too much money to Netflix right now because <laughs> <laughs> they they seem to have this budget, mm. um, to, you know, to make this sort of incredible anthology of animation. And it, it, is, it is very, very good. I mean, some of the episodes aren't brilliant, but mm. some of them are just, wow, like, mm. really good. And I can't wait to watch the rest of them. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, mm. that's really all I've been kind of doing this week, I guess uh oh, cool. obviously apart from apart from planning my own show etc etc you know but all of that but you not you want not worry about that you're just worried about <laughs>
0: other stuff
2: so yeah yeah, yeah. that's that, uh that's what I've been doing what have you been doing
1: cool nice nice um not a lot lately really to be honest I've had my hands full um <laughs> with my son pretty much I mean listeners as you know I um you know I talked about a lot of the last podcast the, the birth of of my son and um you know it, it's been just such a joy to have him here but boy oh boy is it hard work <laughs> like i didn't i for some reason i had no idea that it was going to be this difficult even though everybody was saying to me it's going yeah. to be difficult yeah yeah i to think be f-
2: every parent says that though, don't they? Yeah. Like they, they literally do not you you, you can't comprehend
1: no how
2: no how bad it's going to be to <laughs> no. not have the sleep. <laughs> and exactly, I, I, assume, yeah. I assume you're a little bit sleep deprived at the moment.
1: A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I mean, to be fair, he he's been very... He's actually been quite a good kid. I mean, we can't really complain too much about him because he does settle down for sort of two hour increments so during the evening you know he will sleep for about two hours and then he'll wake up and scream and then he'll scream for about half an hour but then he'll be fed and he'll be changed and then he'll scream some more but then he'll go down and sleep and for maybe another two hours so we've been able to kind of grab sleep in in between those periods Mm. but I haven't really grabbed much sleep so instead I've been kind of just doing all sorts of ugh, rubbish, really, <laughs> to, to to kind of pass the, the time and, and to let my mind kind of settle. So mm-hmm. one of the things I, I've been doing is um, I've been catching up a lot on uh, The Walking Dead, which is a show I've, uh, listeners here will know I, I have a love-hate relationship with, and uh, at a certain point I stopped watching it. Um, right, me too, because, actually. <laughs> yeah, I I really just fell out of love with with the show, but um, I've kind of caught up on this season so far, and it's actually been not bad because I am a big fan of of the comic books. Um, a, a big big fan of the comic books. Uh, I collected like all of them right up to I think issue one hundred, and then I stopped from there, but just purely because I I didn't get time to really kind of go to the comic book shop anymore and and pick up the other episodes. Um. Sorry, the other uh, issues, but um, the show is is really, really kind of found its feet again this season. Um, season, you know, nine is really showing that they've kind of they found their place. I know they fired their previous showrunner, which I think needed to happen because he he'd kind of run out of ideas, really, and mm. he, the the pace of the show was suffering. You know, people were struggling with the characters, but um, this new showrunner that's come on seems to have really. Kind of turned the ship around and, and brought everything back into place. So, so yeah, I'm kind of digging that. So I've been watching that at like sort of two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get crazy.
2: scared watching it like in the dark? Because I think I'd get quite scared. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat generally, anyway. But yeah, I can't watch horror at night because mm. being surrounded by the dark it makes my wi- my mind kind of go. It makes oh, the what's that noise? Goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um,
1: yeah I, I'm kind of all right with with horror stuff at night. Um generally with horror i'm I'm the type of person who I, I do love horror movies um I don't but I don't like being scared so so the thing is I'll watch a horror movie and i'll I'll go through you know all the jump scares and all the the nastiness that they can throw at me um but once the movie's finished, that's when I kind of have the the fear because then my brain starts worrying and thinking oh my god i've just seen this movie where this you know this there's a cursed videotape and this woman climbs out of the tv and kills people what if she (laughs) can't someone climbs out the tv now i finished watching this movie you know um a quick funny story me and and rich saw um we went to go and see uh the american remake of the ring because i i'd seen ringu Um, But I hadn't seen the American version So when the American remake came out Me and him went to go and see it And um, I ended up staying at his house that evening And I remember him (laughs) (laughs) When it got to about sort of um, One in the morning uh, Because neither of us wanted to go to sleep So we were just kind of drinking And it was because we were both scared But neither of us wanted to (laughs) drink But um, (laughs) he was like Okay, I need to do something. So he got up and he unplugged the TV, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was wondering gonna if you were going to do that. And he was like, nah, No, we just got to be safe not- in it. We got to be safe. And I was like, Maybe we should turn the TV around and face it against the wall, so that like if it <laughs> comes out, she just hits the wall she and goes can't back get in. <laughs>
2: back of the tv she's only ever going to come out the front yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah. so it was um it it was crazy it was crazy but um but yeah i don't i don't mind um watching sort sort of late night horror movies i also recently watched um the first purge uh which was really good actually really really good i
2: think that's i mean i don't i'm i don't think i've seen it the whole way through actually because i don't remember the end Mm. but i assume I, I assume they live. I don't know. No point asking well, me. Oh, I really enjoyed a the premise of mm. it because that's um that's Lena Headey, isn't it? In that, in that, um, uh, she's and, in uh, I think
1: the yes, in the, in the original original the one, original. she's in um. It's uh, Aaron you... Ethan Hawk, but there's actually one that I watched recently, which is called The First Purge, which is the title oh, of the God. film, and <laughs> it's actually an a prequel to those movies. <laughs> right. So it's set before okay. those ones, and it kind of shows right. you how. The, the government came up with the idea of the purge and how um you know kind of ordinary people um, in this community on on Slaten Island in New York kind of deal with the purge as it as it becomes government policy. Um, oh, and yeah okay. it's really good It's really really good it's it's pretty well acted um you know the the, the scenes are, are are well filmed it's quite tense at certain points it's quite scary at certain points um it can be a little bit political as well which I don't think is a necessarily a problem with especially with horror movies because I, I kind of feel horror movies mm. should be political in one way or another
2: well, well um, you know real real life is yeah.
1: horrible you know <laughs> it's horrible exactly. <laughs> it is- so there's no reason for it not to be a reflection of that. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, the first purge was was brilliant. Um, so I've enjoyed that, and I like you, I watched Love, Death, and Robots as well. Um, I was actually going to do a podcast about that this week. I never got around to doing it, unfortunately. So listeners, I will do that um, again soon. So that will probably be our next episode after this one. So we'll get that That's out sweet. for you. Um, but yeah, I I, I mostly enjoyed it. it. Some of the episodes I didn't like, but then. It, that's kind of how anthologies are anyway I find in yeah. general in, in anything that the quality tends to vary it can yeah, be it can, you know can some can be miss, absolutely fantastic and some can be a bit meh but but um overall as a concept I really like I, I dug the concept totally mm. um and yeah I'm like you I'm I'm like where is Netflix getting all this money from because <laughs> they, they seem to yeah. be throwing money at projects left right and center so
2: yeah, well you say that though, but then um I was quite upset like um about a week or so ago because they cancelled um One Day at a Time, which oh, is yes, honestly one it, yeah. of the greatest sort of sitcoms that I think Netflix have ever done. Hmm. And and I kind of feel a little bit like it it annoys me because the reason for cancellation was that the they didn't have the numbers for the viewers. But mm. they didn't promote the show. And if yeah. you don't promote the show, then of course it, you're not going to get, you're not get
1: the numbers. Yeah, Sorry, exactly.
2: watching, not listening. But mm. that, that annoyed me because I kind of feel like they set up one day at a time to fail. Mm. And I don't know why, because it's so lovely and heartwarming and wonderful. And it talks about such important issues mm. that no other show tackles. And so yeah. I'm really cross, actually, at Netflix right now because mm. they can spend all of this money on on what is uh, a wonderful achievement, you know, with Love, Death, and Robots, and all of the other shows they put out, but then they can cancel something like One Day at a Time. Mm. It's like, why? I don't get it. It, yeah, that, that it makes me cross. <laughs>
1: mm, mm.
2: <laughs> Yeah. Well, I feel yeah. your pain. I
1: mean, I'm still reeling from you know the the fallout of the the Marvel Netflix shows being cancelled. Oh my God, so, Let,
2: let's let's not yeah, even go that's... there because
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise yeah. it's let's film... not open that box because <laughs> yeah. I've got yeah, yeah. yeah I've got a lot of emotions box. about that. So let's yeah. let's keep that box closed for this evening. <laughs> <But> yeah, <same. laughs> take all our feelings <laughs> and bottle them up inside. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk
2: about those another time because there's there's a lot yeah. of feelings there.
1: Mm, totally, totally. <laughs> but as uh, said, listeners, we're we're going to move on from that chat, and we're going to talk about our main subject today, which is of course Captain Marvel and the arrival of that movie in in cinemas um, in the UK. Now, uh, the movie has been out, I think, about three weeks. Am I right in saying them? Is it about three weeks it's been out now? Or? Uh, yeah, about
2: three weeks. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah roughly, yeah, roughly three, three weeks. weeks isn't it? Weekend, so and then mm. the third weekend, so yeah, about yeah. three weeks.
1: You know. And at last, um, kind of check that I had uh, a look at on Box Office Mojo, it was very close to, to reaching one billion box office in so box office sales so far. Yeah. It's very, very close. So, I mean, it's pretty much I, I imagine any sort of any day now. It will, yeah. It will Guaranteed a billion dollars. Yeah. Which yeah. is wonderful. Yeah which is um, an incredible success and you know it's for Marvel Studios, the the, the studio that put it out obviously they're going to be very happy because they've got yet another hit movie on their hands which um, you know they seem to be putting out hit after hit at the moment Mm. in terms of certainly in terms of box office sales and you know um, the audience seems to show no sign of slowing down in terms of uh the, the movies that they want to see from them yeah um, let's be honest it,
2: we lap it up <laughs> really, yeah we lap yeah, it up.
1: yeah yeah i mean every so often you hear people kind of talking about superhero fatigue and, and people mm-hmm. saying they're a bit tired of of being you know over saturated by superhero movies and then superhero tv shows and then you know they're, mm. they're slowly breaking into gaming and, and other forms of of, of media as well. So, you know, you hear people say, "Oh, you know, I'd rather not have another superhero movie." Or they kind of roll their eyes and say another superhero movie. But then generally these things come out and they make money. So, you know, yeah. it's no surprise that the studios want to keep making them because, you know, if the money's there and the audience is there and people well. are going to go check it out, then, you know, that that's the way the the game works and, yeah. and so is it. But And
2: and at the end of the day, you know, I know I mean, I I don't like, you know, corporate fat cats and and people like that who are literally just diving into their swimming pools full of cash because... That's probably yeah. what's happening here. But oh, yeah, sure. At the end Some of the day... Real-life
1: Scrooge McDucks. <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely. But at the yeah. end of the day, Disney run a business, and yeah. they have to have profitability in that business. And mm. so, of course, if they see a market that they know that they can make the big bucks, then, of course, they're going to do that, and they're going to continue to do that. I mean, I am I guess I'm one of these people where, yeah, I, I love superhero movies. I always have, sort of, ever since the ye oldy days of you know the first blade and X-Men movies, you know, I've Mm. been a fan. So I'm one of those people who's literally first in the ticket queue for the cinema, you know, to see these films. But I also do appreciate um, you know, independent filmmaking and Mm. and Mm. you know new ideas. And I do I do kind of see the double-edged sword here in that if 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 the market is just saturated with superhero movies and that's all people want to see you know the the new ideas and then you know the new people trying to kind of come through and pitch these ideas for you know great new movies mm. they're not going to be seen mm. as much and i do kind of feel like that at the moment that people aren't really willing to give maybe smaller movies a go because it's like oh well the next marvel movie is coming out oh you know the next dc movie is coming out and i think it it is great it's great for fans to have this wide world of You know, so many different comic book movies, you know, from from Marvel and DC and Black Horse and, um, you know, everyone. And that's Mm. great. But I do kind of feel the loss a little bit for independent movies and for new ideas, Um, Mm. Mm. especially in the realms of things like sci-fi and, you know, action adventure and anything that kind of taps into the, comic book world because obviously comic books are kind of going galactic now and they do fit into the action adventure and they do fit into um espionage you know like winter soldier and Mm. and they kind of tap into all these different markets yeah so but i think it's important for not to have this massive behemoth which is disney controlling all of the controlling all of the pots
1: yeah, and at the yeah. moment,
2: it is a little yeah. bit like that. It is, know. yeah.
1: Well, it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, in terms of, of kind of like the the movies and, and stuff and supporting independent film, I mean, I always say to people, look, you know, if if you if you say you're kind of bored of superhero movies and, and things like that, then that's fair enough. But you know, what are you doing to help mm. the people who are trying to, to put out independent ideas and, and to put out um, you know, original pitches for for movies and things like that, because obviously, as as fans, there's, you know, we we can only do so much in in that process. There, there needs to be somebody at a corporate level who you know is is willing to to take a punt on on an idea and say, all right, yeah, exactly. here's a couple of million quid, go and you know make your TV show or make your movie or whatever it is, and and we'll see how it goes. Um, but certainly, you know, I feel that there are lots of things that that kind of slip under the radar that people don't even. Really notice, you know, one of the things that I spent a lot of time doing last year was trying to uh, signal boost a, a Netflix show called Ghoul, which I really love. Um, which is a, a show that is we're well, not even a show really. It's a mini series. It's three part mini series. It's a horror, um, and it's set in India, and um, it's so well done, really, really well done. And it, and it's got some great ideas in it, and it also teaches you a little bit about um Indian culture and Indian politics um and it kind of addresses all of that it addresses how there's kind of religious disputes within the country as well and, and how the the two major religions there kind of see each other and and how political paranoia plays into that and all of that kind of stuff mm. and and it's a great show um and it it didn't do that great in terms of Netflix streaming numbers yet everybody who saw it came out and said oh my god this is really good you know nobody really came out and said oh what that was a waste of my time um you know it's a really good thing but but people need to kind of do A bit more in terms of making sure that you're, you know, your signal boost in the things that you like and or yeah. things that you want to see. Um, but that said, as you said, you know, we, we are at the mercy of, of big corporations, unfortunately. That's just how this business works. Yeah. It's, you know, so it's down to, to them to, to make those decisions. But certainly, as fans, we can make sure that, um, whilst we're, you know, happy that you know, the MCU is, is getting the X Men back and the Fantastic Four back, and you know, mm-hmm. we can also celebrate that and (laughs) yeah yeah we're totally you know i'm i'm as excited as the next person to see you know the the x-men where they should be as far as i'm concerned Mm. but of course you know we that doesn't mean we shouldn't also you know pay attention to the consequences of that decision exactly. which is yeah. you know Fox 2000 studio shutting down and a load of people losing their jobs and you know yeah, that likely harming yeah as you said and, and likely is going to harm the development of independent film in the future mm. so you know we we do have to be aware of all of these things yeah. uh, I think as as movie fans and as comic book fans and. You know, if if we do want original content, then you know it's said in this age and in this era of um, social media and social media having the power to kind of move um, some of these big institutions to do things differently, and um, we've got to make sure we're we're doing our part and and you know and helping those creators out there who you know are doing something that we think mm, this this might be something I like. Let me you know. Give them a little hand and and, and push yeah. what what it is that they're doing. So, yeah, yeah. but we, we've gone off on a tangent already.
2: But I do think I do think you know you're right in that. I think a lot of fans see the the positivity, the positive um, repercussions of Disney buying Fox, and obviously everything that comes with Fox. It's not just X Men and Fantastic Four. It's things like. Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, mm, and The mm. Simpsons, and yeah. you know, all of these kind of classics are now owned by Disney. And I've mm. I love I love Disney to pieces, and I have ever since I was a child. And mm. you know, there's a lot to love there, but you also do have to look at the ramifications, and there's always going to be um, you know, a negative to a positive. And when you are talking about, you know, the film industry. And, in, and with any industry, if you've got a, a corporate, a big corporation that takes, you know, buys all these little companies and, and and kind of absorbs them, you do get some, you know, most oftentimes you get, you know, job losses and mm. you get um obviously when when a big corporation does take over the the little voices kind of they're a l- little little fish in a big pond so to speak mm. and it's it's mm. more difficult to get your voice heard in a big exactly, corporation yeah. and and it's exactly the same sort of thing and i i i do have so much sympathy for the people i think it was thousands of, mm. of people lost their jobs yeah. and yeah. and it's something that is not really being talked about it's all the positive stuff's been talked about like people are happy that the x men are coming over and fantastic four i want to see a good fantastic four movie mm. because they're great <laughs> characters and they yeah. deserve a good movie mm. and and i love the x men till my my dying day i will love the x men because the x men was literally the first the first superheroes that i ever knew as a child mm. and so i have so much love for those characters and i, and I i'm desperate to to see you know them integrated in this universe but not at the detriment of these wonderful people who are doing such a great job and i really and i i know that they will go out and they will find good jobs and you know and i I hope that they you know all stay in the industry and and continue doing what they're doing but Mm. yeah i think it's very easy to just look at it positively um as a fan but you've there is also there's always going to be an opposite reaction and um and yeah, I think it is important to talk about because yeah, like I say, I don't think many people are talking about that.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, for sure. For sure.
2: So. But anyway, let's let's
1: move on to something a lot yeah. More fun. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you enjoyed our, our little rant there, listeners. Again, oh, God. railed <laughs> against um, you know, uh, the (laughs) the evils of big corporations i'm sure this is a completely different of talks episode than what you're used to but that's fine i'm so sorry no that's absolutely fine that is absolutely fine there's there's room for (laughs) there's room for that part of the discussion and it's an important discussion to have as as you said for all of the reasons that you outlined so um you know people do uh need to kind of think about these things so yeah, you're absolutely right. But let's get into Captain Marvel because that's what yes. we're here for. That's Yay. what we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So listeners, we're going to do, um, a, a, I guess, a review of, of sorts and, and we'll talk about, you know, kind of the things we liked and we didn't like about the movie, if, if there is anything. Um, and then we'll also go into um, kind of how the, the movie has impacted on on the culture as a whole. Um, I will say this upfront, this is going to be spoilers. In this one, so you know, if you haven't seen Captain Marvel yet probably isn't a good ad- good idea to to dive into this episode just yet so you might want to stop where you are take a step back and then go to the cinema and see Captain Marvel and then go, come back go give
2: Disney to... some more money yes
1: give give, <laughs> give 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 Scrooge McDuck some more money to fill in his um, and then come back his... to us yeah <laughs> but um yeah I mean so Emma I guess look, the first thing I want to ask you is you know what were your kind of expectations going into the movie
2: well for me uh as as the woman in this scenario, <laughs> and obviously not just as the woman in this scenario, but also um the a person who has some knowledge of um captain Marvel or or Ms Marvel from yeah. the comics now i'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and be all like well in comic book number fifty two uh, Ms <laughs> Marvel said because. No, I'm I'm not going to do it because mm. I, a that's that's not what I do and and b I literally have no clue. My only no- real knowledge of um Captain Marvel came from Ms Marvel um obviously when she was part of Rogue's introduction um in the X-Men. Mm. And that's kind of the only real version of, of Ms Marvel that I knew was the Ms Marvel who ended up in a coma because Rogue took her powers and that's because rogue's my favorite of the x-men so that's the only mm. reason i know that it's right, because right. i i i knew uh rogue's history um and um mainly from the x-men cartoon because i used to watch that all the time when i was a kid and i loved it um so going into this movie um obviously i i, I had some knowledge of um a version of Ms. Marvel. Um, to be honest, I didn't really know all of the different versions of, of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was obviously completely stoked to finally get a woman leading uh, a movie in the MCU because, mm. honestly, it's it's been a long time coming and I truly believe that Marvel should actually be a little bit ashamed of that mm. fact mm-hmm. um, because... It's been proven that, you know, these sec- so-called second-tier heroes, um, the ones that Marvel didn't sell to the likes of Fox and Sony to make money, um, you know, the the, the Iron Man, um, obviously the I- Iron Men, I guess, mm. um, Thor, um, etc., that people love these characters. Mm-hmm. And they, they've obviously built this fantastic universe and they introduced Black Widow. Back Mm -hmm. in Iron Man Two, obviously played by Scarlett Johansson, who was phenomenal. And Mm. you, it was a subpar movie, but she was pretty much a standout for me because I saw this this woman, you know, kicking ass and taking names, and I was like, Mm. "Wow, this is great! Like, she's awesome. I want more of her." Mm. Um, And you know, as as we go through the MCU, there have been some great female characters, um, but no one actually kind of leading her own movie and for a long time we thought it would be black widow and it kind of made a bit of sense for it to be black widow because she's established in the universe we know her we know some of her history we know she's got red in her ledger we know that she was trained as an assassin we know um you know they went into a little bit of her backstory in uh, in age of ultron Hmm. which is a a movie that obviously has many many issues Hmm. including issues with her specifically but i'm not going to go into that today because it's not the time or the place and (laughs) i don't want to (laughs) rant but um but yeah for a long time it was kind of like well marvel studios when are you gonna give us our girl you know and it was it was kind of this oh well it's going to be black widow because that's who we know Mm. and then it just never kind of materialized and and i and I guess kind of generally, all of the, the fandom was kind of asking, well, why? Mm. Like, why not? What, what, why can't you have a, a woman leading one of these movies? And then, you know, 21 movies later, um, we finally get her. And, and also, it's important to kind of make a point that we did have Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm. And she obviously co-led the movie. And Evangeline Lee was perfect as the wasp and I think she was incredible but it was still just a co-lead and and I just kind of feel a little bit like you it was like it was a step in the right direction but Mm -hmm. we needed this and and I think it was important that it was Captain Marvel and it it was Carol Danvers just because she's completely brand new we have no expectations for her or or we 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 have this idea that Kevin Feige put into our heads to say well she's the most powerful being in the universe you know and that's basically what he told us so it's Hmm. like well wow you know this is this is cool like having her come in into the universe, but also come in in the 90s, so in the past, I think was actually quite a genius move because she she doesn't really interrupt the universe that we currently know.
0: Mm.
2: She's purposefully been set in the past, which I think they also did really well with the first Avenger, sort mm-hmm. of as a period piece, sort of completely separate to Cap's future adventures. Mm. And I I kind of feel like they ha- they've tried to purposefully do the same For Carol, and and I think in the most part, I think it works really well. But sort of as as part of my expectations, I guess because I guess because female-led comic book movies generally haven't done so great. Hmm. uh, You know, I mean, you Catwoman and Electra, and you know, they're they're really fucking bad.
0: (laughs) They are really (laughs) terrible, and
2: and and I don't I don't want you know little girls and little boys because let's be honest it's it's not it's not a gender specific kind of thing Mm. you know um for our kids and the kids of the future to just think that catwoman and electra are the girls kind of that's what the girls have to deal with it's like mm, no 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 Mm. you know we we had wonder woman and that was brilliant. Like, I have so much love for Wonder Woman, and I'm so glad that we got Wonder Woman. But really, DC kind of got the horse out of the gate first off. And um, and I think, in a way, that was good for Marvel because Marvel could look at Wonder Woman and see what worked
0: mm-hmm.
2: and see what didn't. Yeah. And I think, overall, they they kind of think they maybe took a little bit of a cue from wonder woman in that regard Hmm. but you know i'm i'm so because there was so much riding on this movie there was a pressure on this movie Hmm. to do well because there were a lot of people who were slagging it off before Hmm. it even came out
0: Hmm. Hmm. um and so
2: anyway i've i feel like i've ranted for a little while (laughs) and i'm really sorry um that's all
1: right that's
2: all right yeah my expectations were Hmm. that it was going to be awesome hmm. that was what that was genuinely what i thought it was going to be and i and it, it met them it met them completely
1: everything hmm. yeah. You, yeah you
2: you you can talk now
1: <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's cool man i mean that is, is exactly what you know the listeners want to hear they want to hear <laughs> your passion so yeah no i'm 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 totally cool with that man um yeah i mean from from my point of view i guess I'm, i would pretty much echo every Thing you, you said really, um, from an expectation point of view, because I I became a, a fan of Carol Davis because I wasn't necessarily that big a fan of Miss Marvel as a character, but when she was rebranded as as Captain Marvel in the comics and and kind of relaunched um, by the the writer Kelly Sue DeConnick, um, the the relaunch that she gave the character gave her um, gave her a real sense of purpose. Um, which is what I felt was was kind of a bit missing t- towards the end of her kind of Miss Marvel Marvel persona in in the comics, really. So when you know Marvel Studios said they were going to uh make a Captain Marvel movie, um, you know, when Kevin Feige did that big phase three announcement, Donkeys Ago, it feels like mm-hmm. now, um, and said, you know, they were gonna do a, a Captain Marvel movie and their Captain Marvel was gonna be Carol Danvers, I was like, cool awesome okay i'm i'm with that because you know this carol danvers is is one that um really intrigues me as a as a character because of kind of you know in in the comics she has all this power and but she's still kind of figuring out you know what this power means and and what her place within the universe should be because you know in the comic book she inhabits this massive uh cosmic universe where there are various different characters um out there who all have uh you know similar power sets to her or or in some cases greater power sets to her or come from kind of different backgrounds and, and things like that so you know part of what's been enjoyable for me as a fan of Carol Danvers is is watching how she kind of interacts with with these different characters. So when they said they were going to do a movie based on that, and they said it was going to be based on on Kelly Sue DeConnick's run, which is is called uh, "Further, Higher, Faster, More," I think it is. Um, I was like, "Yes, I'm sold!" Like, get me in because <laughs> you know, I want to see that on the screen. Um, so for me going in, I, I guess in my head, I was kind of like, I want to see how, you know, that kind of vision is is going to play out on on the big screen. Um, and for the most part, I think they did a really good job. I, mm. I mostly kind of enjoyed the movie. Um,
0: yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I did mostly enjoy it. I think there were some parts of it that I was a bit like, which we'll get into, which was more to do with kind of the first act of, of the film. But Yes, yeah. But you know, once it kind of gets past that bit, it's actually really good—a really good movie, a really fun um, MCU movie. And um, yeah, you know, I I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I, I tried to kind of not let my knowledge of the character govern my opinion of the movie too much because, yeah. um, you know, one of the things me and Richard were talking about—Richard is a is a big fan of of Marvel, um, the mm-hmm. original Captain Marvel. Um, not just because of the stories that were told, but I think because, uh, and I mean, he's told this story before on the podcast, but it does have very kind of personal, um, you know, it, it touched on him in, in a very personal way, um, that character's arc. Um, but, you know, because there's so much history with the, the the name Captain Marvel in in the Marvel comic books, and, and it's synonymous with so many uh, different things, it's you know, it, it's not safe to kind of go in with these preconceptions of, oh, it's got to have this and it's got to yeah. have that. You kind of have to take it, the movie, on its on its own merits. Um, mm. And again, that's something that I've had to do in general with the MCU because a lot of the the, the movies, um, you know, that they've made are of characters that I am familiar with and I do know something about their, their backstory in comic books and, and certain adventures that they've had. But I've kind of had to train myself to check that at the door because, you know, they at the end of the day these guys are filmmakers they're not comic book buffs and exactly. it's not their job yeah. to take everything you know verbatim from a comic book and put it on the screen it's their job to tell a coherent story and one that they think is going to appeal to you know the widest audience possible around the world yeah. and a lot of the people watching this movie probably have never picked up a, a captain marvel comic book before so you you kind of have to explain all of this in a way that that makes sense to them
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: um, for me, you know, I I tried to kind of put that to the side And was like, you know what, I just want to go in Be entertained, have a good kind of um, space adventure movie You know, a cosmic adventure movie Um, Marvel so far have shown that they're very good At doing kind of space movies Particularly with the Guardians of the Galaxy movies Oh yeah, I love Guardians Um, (laughs) Yeah, they're great So um... good so, you know, it, 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 I felt we were in safe hands, really, um, mm. going into the movie. So I had no real kind of worries a, a, about what was going to happen. Um, starting out with, with kind of talking a, uh, about the movie a bit, I guess. Um, what did you make of Brie Larson as Carol Danvers and her performance in, in the movie in her first uh, big sort of leading role, I think, really? Because uh, she's only really kind of done independent stuff up until this point, isn't it? Really.
2: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I... I knew of her, but oh, I only knew of her because I know she won an Oscar um, a few years ago. And mm. to be honest, it's a film, the film "Room." Um, I've not seen it, but it's on it's on my watch list. It's something that I'm um, I'm interested to watch, just purely for the fact that she won an Oscar for it. So, I think when they announced her. Um, at first, I thought, oh, well, I've not really seen her in anything. And it's only kind of recently that I've realised, actually, she's been in a lot. <laughs> and I think,
0: <laughs> and I think mm. the
2: most recognisable thing that she's been in was um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which yes. is an incredibly underrated movie um, mm. by Edgar Wright, who is, I think, personally, one of the greatest current, you know, living directors, you know, that I think we've got. Who's he's a very kind of visual director? He's a very, very good with comedy. Um, mm. and obviously, you know, us being Brits, we, you know, we we know him from you know, Spaced and the the uh, Three Favors Cornetto trilogy, which are genius movies, mm. everything that he does is genius. And um, I was I remember going to see Scott Pilgrim in the cinema, and I think there was only maybe three or four other people in the showing. And it was really disappointing because it was so much fun. Mm. And um, I'm, I think she, I think Brie Larson played Envy Adams in that movie. I'm, I'm just going off. That's right. Yeah from, yeah, from what
1: I remember. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. And and I just I remembered her kind of from that. And then I thought she was really good in that movie. And and then I think sort of coming into this. Um, first of all, I'm. I'm just going to make it completely clear that I think that Brie Larson is perfect
0: in this role. <laughs> I genuinely
2: do. Mm-hmm. I think that they could have had their pick of, of many different actresses for this role. And I I kind of feel like, and it's something that I feel sort of, obviously since the movie's come out and sort of up in the into the run-up of this movie coming out, There were a lot of trolls on the internet who were trying to discredit her Hmm. and uh, taking something that she said about representation in the um, the media industry, uh, the 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 report, not the reporters, um, the people who were reviewing film critics. Yeah, thank you. Hmm. Um, Yeah, having more diversity in the uh, the film critics that were that were going to be reviewing this movie and. I think that a lot of the stuff that she said, I think was um maybe kind of either a misquoted or B taken completely the wrong way. um but I think she is obviously very vocal uh, about these sort of topics and they're topics that are important to her mm. as as a as an actress and as a general kind of human being. It is important to have representation, you know, not just in your movie, uh, in the in the cast of your movie, but, you know, in the crew of your movie and in the people who are going to be reviewing your movie. It Mm. is important. And that's all she was saying. She was just saying about how she would prefer to have that diversity. And there's nothing wrong with that. I I feel like her coming out and saying that is such Carol Danvers thing to say. That is what Carol would say. That is what Carol would want. And, and I, I kind of feel like her casting is, it feels very reminiscent of Chris Evans, uh, oh. who is obviously Captain America. He has been Captain America for the best part of eight years. He is the perfect Captain America, you know, on screen and off screen. He is also very vocal about things that really matter. And he is not afraid to kind of stand up in the real world or on Twitter or in interviews and sort of say what he thinks. And that, I think that is great. That is what we expect of Captain America. And he's perfect as Captain America. And, and I think that Brie Larson is what we expect of Captain Marvel. And, you know, a person who just seems to be very understanding of the world they're living in and not afraid to tackle injustice where they mm. see it, that is important for these characters, but especially for Captain Marvel, because she's a woman. And, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean that because as a woman, there there is an, an additional injustice there because you you don't expect a woman to stand up. But the moral of Carol's story is you get knocked down and you stand up. And these trolls were trying to knock her down. And all she did was stand up. And to me, that is why she's perfect. I don't think any other actress would have done that. And I'm struggling to kind of think of an actress who who would be strong enough to kind of stand up and, and, and say no and get knocked down and stand up. And, and that's why I think she's perfect. She's great in the role just generally. I think she has the kind of gravitas that we would expect from um, Captain Marvel, but mm-hmm. also the fact that at the start she doesn't know what she's doing, <laughs> you yeah. know. When she, you know, she has these powers and she's told pretty much continually by yon Rog that, you know, if that she has to keep her emotions in check and that she has to do as she's told basically because if she doesn't they'll take her powers away and she she kind of starts the movie in a very sort of insecure place she doesn't really have a a place on the on the star force yet and she she finally gets that opportunity and it obviously all goes a bit awry and and then when she does actually kind of get to unleash these powers she she's really kind of in awe of what she can do. And she doesn't kind of, she, it takes her a while to kind of get there. So I do kind of feel a little bit like, Brie Larson doesn't just come in and 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 play Carol as, you know, she walks into the room and she's automatically the, the strongest and the best. And, you know, she she plays Carol as a, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, just just as how anyone would react if they automatically kind of, started to have powers one day Mm. um so i i honestly think she was an excellent choice and i can't wait to see her in the wider mcu i can't wait to see her in endgame i can't wait to see her kick some thanos ass
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got the feeling she'll be kicking a lot of purple butt
2: oh i can't wait it's gonna be so much fun
1: (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I was really impressed with Brie Larson in this movie. Um, I, I have seen a few kind of reviewers kind of criticize her performance, um, which, to be honest, to, to me, I, I don't get. Um, I can only assume that... You know that you have some other reason for criticizing her performance on that level because i don't think there's anything wrong with her performance at all um i think yep. in the context of the story that they're telling as you've so eloquently outlined <laughs> um it makes perfect sense that that she would play the character in the way that that she has done um you know and i i thought she was great i thought she was really the kind of carol danvers that this movie needed and um, the mcu needed it uh, at this point so to me you know all, all of her creative decisions made made sense she was really engaging to watch um you know you you kind of um some of the the emotional beats maybe didn't quite will Land in the way that perhaps they should have done, but again, that's that stuff we'll get into in a bit, and it's more kind of how I, I viewed the the structure of the movie. Um, but that's certainly not on on Brie Larson. Um, you know, Brie Larson's performance was for me great. I mean, she's she's a great addition to the the MCU. Um, she, as you said, represents um, a lot of things, uh, and she carries off all of those things superbly well. Um, you know, and I, I was really engaged by her performance. And by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to see more of, of Carol Danvers. I want to see her interacting with the other Avengers. I want to yeah. see, you know, where her personal story goes and I want to know, you know, what what she does now, uh, particularly with the, the way the movie ends. Um, you know, I'm really keen to see where she's going to go as, as as a character. So um, for me, you know, she got two thumbs up. I, I really enjoyed Brie in this movie. I thought she did a, a, a terrific job and yeah all power to her man I I enjoyed that um what were kind of the the scenes for you that that stood out the most um was it was there any kind of scene because I know you've you've seen the movie twice you probably have a a better um memory of this than I will but were there kind of like specific scenes in in the movie that really kind of gripped you
2: Mm, yeah um excuse me um I think kind of the main standout scene for me was um the the fight um, with Carol against the uh Kree Starforce. Um mm. I, in my head I, I kind of call it the just a girl fight, um, mm. because it's when no doubts just a girl kicks mm. in.
0: Yeah. Um
2: and and I've heard a lot of reviewers kind of say that the song choice is a little on the nose for them. Um, but for me, it was perfect. You mm. know, it was it's it's a song that resonates a lot with me because it was the song on no doubt's tragic kingdom that i played a lot on repeat when i was kind of you know a kid in my bedroom just you know with my now no doubt tragic kingdom cd Mm -hmm. um and and, i like the the lyrics of that song i think really represent the the feeling that you kind of you kind of get when a woman is sort of continuously kind of told you can't do this you can't do this and and then when she's just kind of she is at that point not really very sure of what she can do and the fight is messy and you know the pacing is is weird and the camera angles are weird and and I know a lot of people kind of don't appreciate that about this particular scene but for me I thought it was great because it's not supposed to be a, a masterpiece of cinema um, it's supposed to be a, a bit of a messy fight because she doesn't really know what she can do. She's she is fighting messy because she she has these powers and she's you know fighting against these people and she doesn't she doesn't she has no plan. She doesn't know what she's going to do next. She just kind of tries her best to to sort of put them down and and I I think it's great. I think it's great fun. I think and I think the music definitely helps and. I mean, we can talk a little bit of the, about the soundtrack generally later if you want, but the soundtrack mm, is about, ba- mm. excuse me, banging, absolutely mm. banging. Like, the 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 sort of nineties um, rock pop kind of thing. I, I, it's just, it's just genius. Like, whoever mm. decided on those tracks is literally a genius. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just really fucking awesome. <laughs> it just really is. Um, and I. And you know, I have to kind of speak a little bit about the the scene when uh Carol lands in the blockbuster and mm. um meets Nick Fury uh for mm-hmm. the first time because that is kind of what we've been waiting for. Because yes. we have been waiting for her to land on Earth and we have been mm. waiting for her to converse with someone that we know, and it it just happens to be Nick Fury. Um and obviously I kind of feel that any scene with Free Larson and Samuel L. Jackson is just gold. Like mm. they, they are so good together. And mm. Samuel L. Jackson is, is a guy who I believe is 70 years old.
0: Mm. I
2: believe. I, I, I really hope that I haven't just offended Samuel L. Jackson by saying no, that he's older you're than right. he is, But yeah. uh, no, you. Right
1: <laughs> I believe he is about 70 Yeah.
2: You know, he's, he's a guy with such a stellar career, sort mm. of, all sorts of genres he's done. He's, I think he might actually hold the record of being in the most being. Is it something like his movies have made the most money or something yeah, like that? Yeah,
1: I think he's considered like the most profitable yeah. star in, in Hollywood or something like that. In the sense that he's, you know, the the movies that he's been in throughout his career have, have made so much money that, um, yeah, basically he's he's like kind of gold dust, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but- in terms of of hollywood so yeah
2: yeah the dude's been in everything
1: (laughs) he's he's,
2: he's a legend he is a genuine legend of cinema you know this is a man who's going to go down in history as being i think one of the greatest Mm. um Mm. you know just because he can pretty much do any role Mm. and and i kind of feel like brie larson has obviously had a career but obviously not to the level of Samuel L. Jackson and, and any actress kind of coming in and, and against someone as legendary as Samuel L. Jackson might be feeling a little bit nervous, you know, Mm. and a little bit like, Oh, uh, you know, I, I really respect this man. Oh, you know, how am I, but it's just consummate professional the whole way. And, and I've watched interviews with them and they genuinely act like best buds. and, and obviously they have that genuine rapport with each other and genuine friendship and respect and and that really comes across on the screen. Mm. And and I genuinely think every scene with them is is just brilliant. Mm. Uh and any any scene with Annette Benning <laughs> as the Supreme Intelligence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what a woman to mm. get on your cast. She is just I mean it's a net benning. Mm. <laughs> you've got a net benning in mm. a Marvel movie. I mean this yeah, is like it's when, crazy,
1: isn't it? When I mean Robert it, we...
2: Redford turned up in Winter Soldier and it's like yeah. you've got Robert Redford. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 I mean we were when we did our trailer review for Captain Marvel when the first um proper trailer sort of dropped. Um me and Rich talked about it and then you know I remember saying to Rich that I was like, I completely forgot that Annette Benning is, is in this film. Like, Annette Benning is in mm-hmm. this film. Like, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, you know, th- this is, we're talking about Annette Benning here and she's yeah. in a Marvel movie. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like at this point, like the MCU is just its own fucking thing, man. Like yeah. from the moment they can get, you know, as you said, it started with Robert Redford as um, Alexander Pierce in, in The Winter Soldier. And from the moment they could get him, it was like, well, you know, all bets are off, and then now yeah, it's net Benning is in there. It's like, Christ, you know, yeah. I'm I'm I am i i am half expecting us to, to see Meryl Streep at some point. Oh, um, please. In, in oh my god, MCU let's movie, let's, you know?
2: let's get that petition started. <laughs> let's get Meryl yeah. in. She yeah. would just be phenomenal. I mean, let's not forget we had Glenn Close in Guardians. Yes,
1: yeah. Well, we've I mean, had Glenn Close in Guardians, we've had um We've had Angela Bassett in Black Panther. We've oh, had like you know, yeah. we've had like screen legends kind of in, legends. in these movies. So um, yeah, you know, it, it felt fitting and, and right that that Benning was was in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah, it really did. Uh, my favourite scene was probably, if funny enough, you you mentioned it was when um, Carol arrives on Earth for the first time and, and meets Nick, Nick Fury um the interaction between the two of them is just brilliant i love like Mm. and and from that point i think that's when i really started to to love the movie because of the the kind of buddy cop banter that the two of them have when they they go on this chase um to try and find this this world engine whilst trying to evade the scrolls um you know that that i loved i I really loved that um i loved as as you say the the way they kind of the two of, of them play off of each other um and yeah, it, it just felt so, so natural when the two of them came together on the screen, you know, it was just, it, it was just perfect for me. Yeah. Um and yeah, I, I love the way that they introduce her by her falling into this blockbuster from the 90s. And, you know, it, it just really kind of sets the tone. And as you you mentioned, you know, the soundtrack plays its part as well because they've they made some really good choices in terms of music used in, in the soundtrack. And, and that's something that, that the MCU is getting a lot better at as well because mm. they, they didn't always do that. But I think from about sort of um maybe from about sort of guardians of the galaxy the yeah first which one is also banging yeah oh, good soundtrack. from sort of the, then on they've they yeah. become really clever at how they you know they kind of use music within these movies and and the choices that they make for the music within yeah. those movies and and since then you know it's been brilliant but um yeah that that scene for me was was terrific <laughs> loved it especially the, the conversation at the phone booth um, yeah. you know, that was that was great, that was really, really great. and um, yeah, love that scene. Um, uh, but speaking of, of Samuel Jackson, how did you were you freaked out a bit by the CGI de aging thing with, that they did with him? I mean, I know that it's certainly not the first time the MCU has done it. Um, you know, they've done it to great effect in Civil War and they did it in, um, Ant-Man in the first Ant-Man with Michael Douglas you know they they've um, they they're clearly very good at <laughs> this mm. technology but but what did you make of, of what they did with with him and also with Clark Gregg as well because um you know we must not forget Agent Coulson makes his appearance in this movie as well yeah. um yeah, yeah you know so what what did you think of, of how they handled that
2: um i think i mean they did an awesome job this <laughs> just they they really did and and i remember when i first saw the Dh age. Uh, Nick Fury on screen. Obviously, the first thing I did was kind of look at his face mm. and try and I don't I don't know, I guess try and find the line. You know, the, <laughs> the bit where they kind of yeah. painted the yeah. face on it, on his real face, um, but it's flawless, mm. like genuinely flawless. Mm. And you get to a point where you maybe spend a few seconds looking at his face, and then you completely forget that this man is. 70 years old that Mm -hmm. we genuinely believe that this is Nick Fury from the 90s -hmm. Um, and I think it helps as well that Fury as a character is a little bit different to the Fury that we know from Mm. the current current timeline. Um, Mm. The 90s Nick Fury is a bit more upbeat, um, a bit more positive, uh, Mm -hmm. a bit more kind of Chirpy and funny, and he's obviously a you know he's relatively new uh, at at Shield and 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 at this job, and and he obviously has a bit more of a positive outlook on life, um, and I think that helps because it, it differentiates the 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 two versions of of Nick Fury, and and that does kind of help with his face in a sense that you genuinely believe it a little bit more that the man can become jaded over time. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I mean we have seen this before in sort of short bursts. Yeah. Um, and I think it definitely helps when they have a point of reference from other movies. And they have obviously taken performances in other movies uh, to get an idea of how that person looked at the time. Um, because I think when we're talking about uh, CGI in any respect, especially when we're talking about um, the human face, um, it's it's very easy to to have that uncanny valley feel yes. um uh, it's and I think the most recent example I can think of is uh from Rogue one
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh where obviously the actor is is sadly passed away mm. but they've basically uh reimagined him in in kind of a full cgi format with yeah. with the face um as it was uh you know in that timeline back then and it it and at that time the technology kind of didn't feel like it worked It's still it for me it's always the mouth mm-hmm. like it's the mouth that doesn't quite move right it doesn't doesn't quite feel right and i yes. i kind of felt that in rogue one but i think here because you've got the actor there you've got a point of reference for his performances from the 90s that you can you can look at and you kind of put the two together um and it's the fact that they did that for the whole movie is astonishing it's mm. it's it's genu- it feels genuinely groundbreaking um and because i mean when they did it with michael douglas it was for maybe i don't know five ten minutes max yeah, uh, yeah and exactly that was that exactly looked time, great yeah. hmm.
0: um
2: and they did it i think for robert downey jr in yes. um civil war yeah, yeah. Uh, and that also looked great because he, they had a point of reference because he was acting when he was, you know, considerably younger. Mm. Um, but honestly, our, it it just astonishes me the the level of of technology and and the the point in which we are in movies where we can de-age people, and you know, you can have an actor who's seventy years old who looks like he's forty five, mm. and it's it's honestly quite phenomenal. But I think that they've obviously, I think the movie does suffer a little bit in other scenes with CGI. Um, mm. But I think for this, this is obviously where they've kind of ploughed all of the CG, you know, budget or majority yeah. of the CG budget into. And it's, it's flawless. It's mm. genuinely flawless as for Clark Gregg. I mean, he's, he's not actually on screen all that much. Mm. So the fact he had like a poster, I kind of expected him to be around a bit longer. Um, yes, But I kind of feel a little bit like, not that I didn't realise he was there, because that sounds bad, but he's he's more of a cameo, I would say. Yeah,
1: very much so, yeah.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. I think because where Clark Gregg's concerned, I kind of feel like he looks pretty much the same. Like, I don't feel like he's aged all that much. I don't know. I I just didn't, didn't see that much of a difference with Clark Gregg personally. But with Samuel L. Jackson, it was just... I just thought that this is this is just phenomenal technology. Like, what a time to be alive! <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. I mean, imagine we're sitting here on a podcast talking about um, de aging actors, you know, and things like that. It's 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 crazy. And um, yeah, I mean, I was really blown away by the the job they did on on Samuel Jackson. It, it really, it, for again, all the reasons you kind of said, it it felt so natural, um, and so you know, it, it just felt so seamless because I was like you, I was looking for, okay, where am I going to be able to spot that this is, all yeah. <laughs> um, but I couldn't like, no matter how, you know, how hard I tried and I did try, I was yeah. really looking, <laughs> but I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, I don't, you know, I don't get this. Like, how have they managed to do this? How have they pulled this off? You know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy that the, the, the people that they work with, the CGI artists that they work with have been able to do this, but Um, yeah, I mean amazing amazing stuff really is amazing. Um, and yeah, Clark Gregg uh, Yeah, I guess that was one of my gripes maybe was that that Clark Gregg was kind of I kind of felt we were maybe gonna see him more than we mm. did. And and like yeah. you, I kind of forgot he was actually in the movie <laughs> until he pops up somewhere around, you know, the the middle of the second act, and you're like, Oh, he's you're still here. <laughs> <Okay."> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um yeah, so I kind of forgot he was was there, but I wasn't really too sure what they put him there for. Anyway, because he didn't really seem to factor hugely into the the story as such. Um,
2: no, I think I think Fury makes a comment, doesn't he? Something about that he's a newbie or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's um, I think it's it's just a, a continuity thing, maybe to kind of just show that you know Fury's been there so long, and then this new guy has come up, but he seems to be good at what he does, and you know, just so that the fans can kind of have that kind of partnership going back. Um, because obviously we, we know that, um, uh, Oh, do you know what? I've just completed the Clark Greg's character name. It's just completely gone out of my head. Oh,
1: Coulson. Coulson. Coulson yeah.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that Coulson is, um, loyal, very hmm. loyal to, um, Nick Fury. And yeah, I think it, it was a nice little callback to kind of prove how his loyalty, the fact that he lets them go and, uh, because he is that loyal, and he does genuinely believe in um, in what Fury is trying to do, and believes that this guy believes in this woman. Um, yeah, that that was nice, but yeah, it, it wasn't entirely necessary. But it was just it was just nice to have him as as pretty much an extended cameo. Mm.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to describe his his role, really, in, in this film. Um, but that brings us nicely on, along to um, another thing I wanted to chat to you about, really, which was um, characters. And obviously, aside from um, Captain Marvel herself, uh, Carol Danvers, was there anybody who kind of made a, a big impact on you in a, a positive or negative way, really, um, from the movie? Um,
2: Well... Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> now, because I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about a couple of characters who I, I kind of felt were uh, really positive in the movie, and because I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Ben Mendelsohn mm-hmm. uh, as as Talos, because I think that as an actor who is primarily in pretty much every other movie the bad guy, mm. uh, I think that. Hiring him was a bit of a stroke of genius because when you see that Ben Mendelsohn is in a movie and you associate him with the Skrulls, who canonically are bad guys, hmm. uh, and you 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 automatically have that assumption sort of going into the movie that, that he's the main bad guy. And I absolutely loved that they subverted that and I loved that Ben Mendelssohn was kind of able to sort of bring uh, a genuine kind of warmth and s- sincerity and humour to to the role of 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 Talos, um, mm. because I think when the movie the movie does it purposefully does this because it sets the scrolls up immediately as as the bad guys and yeah. these are these are the these are who the cree is 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 fighting against and obviously carol is fighting alongside the cree um and at the start of the movie it, it does kind of perform a little bit of misdirection in it makes you think that the scrolls are the bad guys and when one of the main reasons i wanted to watch the movie twice was because the the scroll twist uh, when we realised that the scrolls are actually refugees that have been persecuted by the Cree. Mm. Uh, I wanted to see how that worked because obviously it does go to great lengths to set up the scrolls as the bad guys. Mm. And to be honest, on a rewatch, it it does actually work when you know that they're not the bad guys mm. because and and I think that's really important in that you you kind of see it in a completely different frame of mind and and when you're especially the scenes when she's she's hanging upside down and they're obviously trying to get information they're, they're not obviously trying to to torture her they they're genuinely interested in in who she is and what she knows mm. and and i think that i just think that his casting was just genius and when he shows up at um maria rambo's house uh and you know you automatically kind of feel that he's there for some like antic antagonistic purpose and he he just wants to he just wants to talk to them he just wants to tell them their story and and i just feel i just think he's genius mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. underneath all that layer of those layers of makeup which you know the the makeup in this movie is is great um it you just feel the the sincerity and the fact that he Sees Carol as as more than just this Cree fighter; that she's a person who could help his people, mm. and all he cares about are his people and his family, and he just wants them safe. And there is, and I think it's it's really difficult. I, well, I assume it's really difficult. I'm not an actor, but I, you know, I I assume it's really difficult as an actor to have that kind of uh, twist there because you've got to be convincing enough as the bad guy but then you've also got to be convincing enough as as the good guy and i just think i think he's great i i just hmm. i just think he's wonderful hmm. um yeah. i think i because he was in rogue one and he was the bad guy he was. in, yes. the, in yeah. rogue one um hmm. yeah i i i mean he also the fact he doesn't look like himself i think obviously kind of helps with the disassociation um hmm. And um, so, yeah, I did want to kind of point out him because I think what a genius stroke of, ca- of casting that was, uh, yeah. and and we were all fooled. Every single person in the whole world was fooled mm. into thinking that the scrolls, um, and by extension Ben Mendelsohn as as the main scroll, were the bad guys, and we were all fooled. And oh, how silly were we! <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also wanted to, on a positive note, speak about. Maria Rambo mm. um because I it's important for this movie that there's no love interest yes and and that is really important because in so many movies where you do have a woman leading and it is it is a, a general kind of romantic comedy trope she always ends up with someone at the end and it's always the best friend or the guy from work or whatever and and I and I do kind of feel like any lesser movie could have you know, had this romantic subplot with yon Rog, and he's not just her trainer but he's also her lover and you know, all of that bollocks um <laughs> but <laughs> the, the movie is smarter than that yeah. and instead it focuses on the love between these two women mm. you know, that they, they are best friends one is um, a single mother who you know has her own issues we we don't see that uh, any father is in the picture and and we know that essentially carol helped maria raise monica mm. um and so there is a genuine love and a genuine warmth between these two women and what i really liked about maria was your this this woman's best friend was presumed dead 6 years ago mm. so she's been living her life as best she can with her daughter and trying to get over the loss of this dear person in her life. Um, And then her friend turns up at her door and she doesn't shut the door in her face. She doesn't, you know, welcome her with open arms. She's skeptical because she has every right to be skeptical of this person who's presumed, you know, they, they just assumed she was dead, you know? Mm. Um, and and then shapeshifting aliens turn up on her doorstep and she's skeptical again um (laughs) but you know she she doesn't hesitate to help carol you know she doesn't hesitate to help talos either Hmm. really um she trusts carol she respects her she you know they had similar experiences obviously in the air Force because women weren't allowed to um you know to 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 fight essentially in in these planes they they were test pilots that's all they could be and and but they were the best at what they did um and so they have that kind of shared experience and you kind of get glimpse of their life in sort of flashback scenes where they did karaoke and were at the bar together and And there just seems to be such a genuine warmth between them and a genuine kind of love between them. And that's the most important love, really, Hmm. is not so much the romantic love that you get in all of these movies that, you know, nine times out of ten, it doesn't even really work, Hmm. you know. And I'm talking the likes of Jane Foster and I'm talking the likes of Sharon Carter and all Mm -hmm. of these kind of love interests that are just kind of, tertiary really not necessary it's not necessary to the story and i really like that they didn't go down that route and instead they focused on the the love between these two women who have been there for each other their whole lives and and the fact that you know it's it is important it's the lack of romantic relationship was a good thing to omit because it actually bolsters the the friendship and 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 this relationship between Carol and Maria and I just think I mean we're definitely going to see more of Monica Let, mm. let's be honest you know Monica Rambeau if she doesn't turn up in the MCU at some point in the next few years then marvel have missed a trick mm. because that little girl in the 90s is going to be like mid 30s now mm-hmm. so if they're not casting someone for that role right now I mean, off the top of my head, I'm kind of thinking like someone like Janelle Monáe would mm. be perfect. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Then, you know, then they're good. They're missing a serious trick. And I and I guarantee that we will see Monica Rambeau again. And we, mm. we might even see Maria Rambeau again. We, we don't yeah. know. But I would love to see either of those women again. I, uh, well, women, I obviously mean grown up Monica. Um, but child Monica was very fun and I, I kind of like the precocious kind of kid character I think that's always really sweet and um but yeah I, I I love the relationship between those two women um I think it's important to have female friendship portrayed on screen hmm. um you know the Bechdel test is a real thing uh mm-hmm. this movie flies through the Bechdel test um and you know obviously we've spoken a little bit about Annette Bening, but. Benning Canonically, Marvel was a man, hmm. um, and they've obviously changed that to be uh, a woman, to be Wendy Lawson. Um, and I think that's important too to have that female mentor in Carol's life. Um, which I think I think generally for this movie, it is important to have not only the woman as the lead, but also to be surrounded by women who inspire and educate and help her. And That's what this movie does really well. They're, obviously, we're not eradicating the men completely because you know there are some great roles in this movie for the guys. There are also some not oh, great roles, which I'm gonna get to, but but generally, this movie kind of wins on yeah. pretty much everything. Um, the only thing I was kind of a little bit negative on was probably Yon Rog mm. and and just kind of the Kree Force in general, mm-hmm. um, because the Kree Force aren't really developed well enough for us to care. Uh, no,
1: no, they're not. No.
2: I don't even remember most of their names. I only really remember, um, obviously, yon Rog, and uh, Korath, because mm-hmm. Korath was obviously from Guardians of the Galaxy, and Minerva. Mm. And that's only because Minerva is played by uh, a British actress called Gemma Chan, mm-hmm. who I really like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I I kind of found that yon Rog was kind of, yeah, I, I like Jude Law because uh, he's attractive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, and you're not the only one. Richard is, ha- has a serious love affair with with Jude Law. So, I mean, I the, the two of you could talk all day about that. I know. I wish, I wish he was right now
2: so we could talk about Jude Law. But it's just, to me, it was just Jude Law being Jude Law. And I kind of felt yeah. that there was no... There was no real character there, other than Jude Law just telling her, "You can't do this. You need to be better. You need to stop being so emotional. I'm going to take yeah. your powers away from you," just over and over and over again. And I was just like, "Oh, Jude Law, just stop talking and just be pretty." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's attractive. Yeah. I mm. I have I have a thing for Jude Law, okay, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that was a little bit of a disappointment. But hmm. um, on the whole, um, I think the movie just. Dis- did a great job with casting in general. So,
0: hmm.
2: um, yeah, I would say more positives than negatives. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel the more or less the same way, really, in terms of, uh, characters as well. Um, I in particular really enjoyed, um, uh, Maria Rambo, um, who is, I think LaShawn, LaShawn Lynch, I think her name is. Um, she did a really good job with her and, and, again you pretty much hit the nail on the head uh, you know what was terrific to see and and to to watch was you know this friendship between the, these two women and and the love that they have for each other as well um and the way in which they you know have kind of you could you really got the sense that they've kind of helped each other through difficult times yeah, you know definitely. In, in the air force as you said and um you know that and just was very, life
2: in general i think yeah
1: yeah just through life too you know and it, and it felt believable that's that's the thing you know it, it felt like these two people are friends who have been through you know the, probably some pretty nasty shit um and have counseled each other through or through it to the other side and and you know the love that has come from the two of them connecting in that way is 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 kind of it's pure and it's uplifting and it and it yeah. feels right, you know. It, it feels right for these two characters to be who they are and to be together and, um, you know, it it just it works. It works on such a a great level for, for me and on many levels. Again, <laughs> as you've totally broken down, um, you know, it, it it works on so many different levels. So you know that that really kind of stood out for me. Um, so yeah, the, those two in particular, you know, I I really enjoyed um. And yeah, I guess the the negative would be same as you. The the Star Force were a little bit kind of they were just kind of there in, in a bit. And and I suppose the problem is that that I have with them is that they were part of that first act. And and the first act is is it's fine. It's it's not you know it's not bad. I, it, it certainly wasn't, you know, um anything that that caused me to zone out of the movie, but I just didn't feel any real uh, emotional weight at that point in, yeah. in the first act because it, it feels it,
2: very exposition it feels it? Yeah, yeah yeah
1: exactly exactly it feels expositiony it feels very much like a tick box exercise in order to get her to earth and then mm-hmm. once she gets to to earth that's when you know the movie really starts um but yeah I mean uh, and aside from that I think the only other one I, I was a bit like not negative on but I guess just kind of like huh was um Oh, God, what's his name? Ronan, Ronan the Accuser.
2: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I was... Because, <laughs> again, that was another one that they kind of... Well, they didn't market it as as, as a big thing that he was in it, but obviously the, the fact that he's, you know, we know he's uh, the antagonist from Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you know, we were kind of... Or I maybe perhaps wrongly had, had kind of presumed that he was going to be, you know, um, some big antagonist in, in this movie because of what we know of his character yeah. from Guardians. Um, but effectively, he's basically just a cameo like, like Carl Gregg really. Yeah.
2: Um, and so we I didn't
1: think... really kind of feel anything for him, you know? Yeah. Sorry. I, think,
2: sorry I was just going to say, I, I think because I've seen it twice, the mm. first time I was a little bit like, I didn't understand really why Ronan was in the movie.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and i did kind of feel like you that what why is he even here <laughs> mm-hmm. but on second viewing it did kind of make a little more sense mm. in the i i i just i guess i kind of saw it that he because it was the cree and they were talking about the fanatical cree and obviously the version of ronan that we see in guardians is sort of the supreme fanatical kree you yeah. know he's so yeah. he's so hell-bent on destroying everything that isn't Cree. um and i think that the point of him being in this movie was he's obviously not at that point where he's that fanatical yet but mm. he's on his way and you can kind of tell he's on his way because uh, at the point that at this point the star force uh, they, they believe that the scrolls are a genuine threat and they're going around and eradicating this scroll threat from the universe but they're mainly kind of just focusing on on the the scrolls and I think Ronan is is obviously their sort of go-to man who who kind of um sets the ball in motion and I think that they're obviously trying to make a point that at some point in the near future Ronan is is going to become so you know so um intrinsically fanatical about the the, the whole kind of uh Kree superiority in the universe that he obviously takes it too far and it, it also kind of sets up um Korath as well because I kind of thought, well, why I like Jimon Henshu. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his name. I'm trying really hard. Jimon. Oh, you've Honshu. you've done
1: better than I would have. Have I? Act, so oh yeah, well God. done.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I like I like the actor. I think he's really good. And and at hmm. first I was like, why is he there? What? Why is he in the Star Wars? But I think he kind of makes a comment or something towards the end about sort of him maybe being in agreement with ronan he or, does or some, yeah, yeah. yeah he and does, and so. that obviously is as a nice stepping point to how he actually ends up at, uh in an alliance uh mm. with ronan and, and with the accusers and um uh and what the accusers are there to do um and what they will do sort of going into guardians um but i do kind of feel a little bit like you in that um yeah okay they wanted ronan in the movie um he is more of a a, a glorified, cameo uh he doesn't really really add much to the movie um mm. i i kind of feel a little bit like uh i love guardians completely and they hired lee pace uh to be ronan and and i feel like he, ronan was underserved by guardians yeah. and i really hoped that they would kind of do a little bit more with him in this movie to kind of get lee pace to because lee pace is great like he's a wonderful actor, and and. I really hoped that they would do more with him, but they kind of didn't. And I don't know if there are any cutscenes or anything that we might see in the future uh, with Ronan that might explain a little bit more. But um, I also kind of feel like at the end um, he kind of fleed a bit quickly. <laughs> like he
0: did, you know,
2: yeah. <laughs> he, you know, the 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 accuser ships kind of descend on Earth, and and they they send the bombs, and Carol basically gets rid of everything. And she goes up to the ship, and she stares at him, and then he's like, "Right, okay, let's leave." And I'm like, "Okay." I I kind of expect a bit more from Ronan the Accuser, but maybe this is, you know, maybe the I'm thinking of Guardians Ronan and what Guardians Ronan would do, but uh, yeah, I just kind of feel like he kind of ran away with his tail between his legs a little bit, but um,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he does have that line at the end where I think where they say. Um, oh we'll be back for the weapon and um i think his compatriot says what the core and he says no the woman Mm. um so i i don't know if they that was trying to kind of set him up for maybe a future captain marvel movie where he he will become the antagonist that that's assuming that they're going to continue sort of telling the store her story from 1995 onwards uh, and then going on from there. So I, I I took it to mean maybe that's what they were doing. But I'm not I, sure.
2: I mean, I, I hope we see more of him. I hope we see more of Lee Pace because Lee Pace is great. And I do hope we see more of Ronan. But if we see more of Ronan, I want them to do something with Ronan. <laughs> yes. Instead of just have him there just, you know, spouting some Cree bullshit or whatever. I just let let's get. Let's make Ronan a really good bad guy Because Mm. he has it in him, definitely Um, And Yeah, let's give Lee Pace some more work (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) for sure He he was great in pushing daisies and they cancelled it So, you know, let's (laughs) get Lee Pace Back in the MCU and let's get him doing Some serious antagonistic shit
1: Yes, yeah, (laughs) I'm down with that Totally (laughs) All right, cool Well, um, yeah, I think we've Kind of chewed the fat on that one So um, let's see where where do you kind of where do you kind of rank this this movie on your mcu list in your head because we've all got them um and let me start off by telling you there's there's absolutely no pressure for you in, in this because <laughs> i'm still trying to work out what my mcu list is um and it tends to change every day depending um, on yeah. how i feel so yeah. <laughs> you know so by all <laughs> means please like you know do please do not feel pressure but um yeah you know just from a a fun point of view where where would you kind of place it i guess on your personal ranking list
2: i'm gonna be completely honest Right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let the listeners in into a little a little uh, uh, Wulong talk secret. In mm. that you you sent me uh, a a really nice document with sort of the outline of what we were going to talk about, mm. and 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 the, the one of the last things that you said was uh, you know where where does it rank, and mm. um, and so I've I've had that document for a, a few days, and um, and I've been mulling on <laughs> on that for a few days, and. At first I thought I I had it uh, and then it was like, no, 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 I'm changing my mind and I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go I'm going to come back to that later and and then I was like, no, 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 right, I definitely know where it's going to rank now and I, I I basically took all of the movies that I ranked above uh, and I, I basically, I summarised that it would be in my top ten so then it was like, okay, if it's going to be in my top ten, where's it going to be and and it's like, oh, but I really love that movie and oh, but I forgot about that and I need to put that in there and I was like, "Oh God, this is so difficult. I'm going to have to come back." And and literally every day, I've kind of gone to the list and gone, "Right, okay, uh, okay, I've put it there." But oh, but, oh, yeah, but what about that movie? And <laughs> and it's like, yeah, "Oh no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I love Captain Marvel more than that one," so I'm put Captain Marvel up. And and honest to God, this list has been like making me crazy. It's been, <laughs> genuinely, <laughs> it's so when when you've got 21 movies that are this good.
1: And exactly, yeah, it's hard. It's bloody hard. <laughs>
2: I mean, I will fight against anyone who doesn't like Thor till the end of time, because I love Thor. The original, hmm. I'm talking about the first Thor. Yep. I think Thor is great. Mm-hmm. I think it's immensely rewatchable, and it's fun, and Chris Hemsworth is just the perfect man. He's better than Jude Law. I mean he he's just he is a literal god
1: he is incredibly buff uh, isn't
2: he oh my god (laughs) oh he is just he is lovely um anyway um (laughs) (laughs) need to need to move on from chris hemsworth um and and it's like at first i put thor in my top 10 and then it was like no i can't have thor in because it it's so difficult It's so, it's, it's. there are no bad movies in the MCU. There are mediocre movies and average movies and, you know, at the end of the day, everything's subjective. You know, what one person likes, another person doesn't like. But I thought, what I thought I'd do is I'm going to quickly run through the top 10 that I've kind of spent several days working on because mm-hmm. I kind of feel like if I've spent several days working on it, I at least need to, to be honest and, and say it. Um, so what I've done is Captain Marvel has gone in at number seven. <laughs> okay. And my yeah. my summary of my reason, and I know people are gonna think I'm just crazy, but I'm just gonna say it. So so it goes in at number seven because Number one is Avengers
0: mm-hmm.
2: because I love it completely. And I know it's not the, you know what many people would say is the greatest movie, but I think it's brilliant. And just the the, the cinematic marvel the, of putting all these characters in one movie and making it work, oh my God, that is so good. Um, and then number two, Winter Soldier. Uh, because it's just a wonderful espionage spy thriller, and oh my god, Chris Evans is in it, and oh my god, Scarlett Johansson's in it, and everyone's brilliant in it, and it's wonderful. Um, number three is Guardians One because it's brilliant. Oh my god, I'm just gonna say everything's brilliant. Um, and number four, number four is Black Panther because it's brilliant (laughs) number (laughs) number five is civil war because it's brilliant and number six is guardians 2 because it's brilliant and then captain marvel only because and i kind of feel like i've got to justify this i kind of feel like the 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 storytelling in guardians 2 is 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 that little much is is better um i i love the story of guardians 2 i think it, it it works on so many levels i think basically everything works on so many levels Um, and then captain marvel um followed closely by thor ragnarok uh because it's brilliant (laughs) and uh and then infinity war and then it was like oh my god where am i where am i gonna put iron man it's like
0: Mm. shit
2: Mm. i've forgotten iron man so iron man's had to go number 10 and and honestly the fact iron man is number 10 is proof if any is necessary that it's so hard
1: to rank these movies yep (laughs) exactly it's it's basically <laughs> Hobson's choice. It's you know which which one do you pick? <laughs> like yeah. it's really hard, and I know it was a, a tricky question. I I literally just threw it out there because I know it's something that <laughs> why
2: would you do that to me? I know it's interesting about that.
1: <laughs> I know it's something that uh, that our listeners love to to hear, and and people in general love talking about their their kind of MCU list. But it's bloody hard, and uh, oh. I mean, as you just demonstrated, it's incredibly. difficult difficult. difficult because this is you know this is a series of movies that have gone from strength to strength to strength um and like with some of them there's a fag papers difference between between them i mean especially for my top 10 there, there really isn't you know a I almost kind of wanted to cheat and say, I'm going to do this in no particular order, but then that's not really kind no, of dealing that's with a cop the question. Out. Yeah, that's, that's a cop, a cop out. out. So, um, so I thought, no, you know what? I have to be brave and 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 kind of stand by my choices. So what I've done is I'm actually not far off from, from you in terms of uh, where I put Captain Marvel. I've got Captain Marvel, I think, at number eight. So I've okay. got um, Civil War as my number one because I just... I fucking love Civil War. I really do. I thought do. you were going like... to say
2: because it's brilliant. And I was going yeah, go, yes, to saying that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was close <laughs> to saying that. I really was. Um, I just love Civil War on so many levels. It's um, so Winter good. Soldier is number two, again, yes. because it's just a phenomenal movie. Absolutely phenomenal. They really kind of raised the bar that the Russo brothers did in terms of mm-hmm. what you could do with a comic book movie. Um, uh number three is infinity war because i just love it um black panthers number four because i love Mm -hmm. it Um, (laughs) avengers is brilliant i mean like uh, same as you i mean it it, over time i don't think it necessarily um in terms of the character work and the script it doesn't perhaps quite Uh, stand up to some of the others uh,
2: yeah i don't think it will but it doesn't stop me from loving it
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah but it's just a brilliant thrill like yeah. thrill ride from start to finish i mean that's basically what the avengers is it's an yeah. absolute thrill ride um you know and, and so so enjoyable um so avengers what did i get to avengers was at five uh guardians of the galaxy volume one at six um because i just love it uh for ragnarok at seven because it's one of the funniest films i've, I've seen in a long long time i, I genuinely like have tears in my eyes so at certain good. scenes in that movie taika waititi the comedy is a so genius good. he is he's brilliant he's oh, brilliant I, I want him to to do like all the movies now just forward. literally
2: every single yeah. movie directed just by give taika, to, waititi. Give it to taika
1: waititi <laughs> because i, I want to see more of, of what he could do
0: yeah stuff
1: um and then just after that is captain marvel um mm-hmm. and then the the bottom two are rounded out by spider-man homecoming partly because I'm um just really partial to spider-man I I've I always have been um and I just really enjoyed spider-man homecoming and then OG Iron Man uh, Iron Man mm. one rounds out the, the number 10 but to be honest it's not far off of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 it was really a toss-up between those two as to which one would take 10 and as said going down the list from there there's really not that much difference between them you know the only one I was kind of certain on that I didn't like it and I have Lots of problems with with this movie Is um, Avengers Age of Ultron Which is is way down on the list for me Because I I just, you know, the more It's funny with Avengers Age of Ultron Because when I first saw it, I I loved it I was like, yes, Avengers Yes, it's great, Ultron, yes You know, we're getting Ultron on the big screen Yes, you know, and then I saw the movie And I came out and I was like, yes, buzzing Avengers, buzzing, yeah, yeah And then I kind of sat down and thought about it And I was like, but actually that didn't make sense Why did they do that? And why did they make this decision and that decision
0: yeah
1: and the whole you know the black widow thing that you mentioned earlier on was just like the more i think about it the more it makes my brain hurt yeah um even though i think arguably the best scene in the whole movie is is that scene with her and mark ruffalo in terms of like the the performance that the both of them give is is some of the best acting i've, I've seen in any movie anywhere um but you know the the <sighs> it's problematic what they've chosen to do. Exactly. And and,
2: And it's another example of where a romantic relationship is just not necessary. Yeah. It was Uh, just kind
1: of shoehorned in there. Yeah. We don't, we don't need
2: to to, to see Natasha and Bruce,
1: Hmm.
2: you know, together. Um, I didn't feel like they had chemistry and yeah, the whole kind of going into her backstory and what they chose to talk about and what they chose to, how they chose to talk about it uh is I, I understand why a lot of people were upset mm. with, with that particular scene um and and with what, what they chose to 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 do and, and how they chose to do it I think more importantly because you can be a bit more sympathetic I think um and and um yeah I I, I kind of feel like they they were trying to do something with her character and I just think it backfired a little yes. bit. Yeah. Um but um, it's interesting, though, that I think our lists are quite similar, except... Yeah, I
1: said we're, we're kind of on the same page. Yeah, right, except it?
2: my, my spy- Spider-Man for me was just outside the mm-hmm. top ten, um, mm. whereas obviously I kind of had Guardians 2 in and... Mm. Um, yeah, obviously Guardians 2. so yeah, it's um yeah. it's interesting though,
1: definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, a lot of these movies, to be honest, I could I could wake up tomorrow and substitute Spider-Man for, for Guardians mm. of the Galaxy One and yeah. Two. You know, it I said the the you know this is a tremendous testament to to what Marvel Studios has done is you know they've just put out good movie after good movie after good movie after good movie, and, and some of mm. them have hit the heights of greatness as well. Um, you know but they've been consistently good Um, and this was why you know I I kind of had no worries going into a a Captain Marvel movie because I you know as I said to Richard when we were talking about it beforehand I said you know I, I completely trust Marvel Studios at this point. Yeah. Um, it's a tried and tested really formula, it isn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah. Know, they they know what they're doing.
1: They know what their formula is, they know how yeah. they want to make their movies and and, and generally speaking it works. You know, mm-hmm. the audience gets it and everybody has a great time at the the cinema and um, you know, it's 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 good stuff. So so yeah, I mean that that was tricky. So thank you, Em, for um, playing along with that. I know that's tough, but... <laughs> no oh, points, but... I'm
2: so I'm so glad it's out in the open and I can finally relax.
1: <laughs> it feels like a weight off your shoulders. <laughs> it right? really
2: does. It's been weighing me down for days. <laughs> but cool, yeah, like cool. you say, it'll change it'll probably change tomorrow or yeah, exactly. the next yeah. day or whatever. And mm. but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you know, you people love these movies and it really doesn't matter because they're all great and you know if if i can sit there and quite happily watch a thor you know the first thor movie or even thor the dark world Mm. which i actually don't think is as bad as people say it is um and and enjoy it and and love it and laugh along with it and that at the end of the day that's 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 all that's that's all that it's there for, is yeah, it's just yeah. for people to enjoy the media. And it doesn't matter what you love, as long as you love it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen to that. <laughs> um, well, rounding out the chat, I guess we should probably talk a bit about um the the legacy we think that this movie may have culturally and and for the MCU. Um, particularly because I, you know, as you mentioned at, at the top of the show and and um earlier on as well, um there's been kind of these two forces almost um and and this kind of culture war around captain marvel the movie Mm -hmm. um for some reason some people have decided that they are going to you know use this movie as a vehicle for them to vent their perceived frustrations at at, at, um you know at at liberal politics or or whatever it is that that they've got a bugbear in, in in their bonnet about um, I don't quite understand why this film has has, has triggered these people in, in such a manner. Um, and I've seen, you know, certain videos on YouTube and, and read certain think pieces from people who who have basically gone out of their way, as you said, to slag this movie off before they'd even seen it and before, you know, it, it it'd even come out. And um, one of the things that, you know, that really frustrates me about being a, uh, A movie fan and especially with with the kind of fandoms that that we deal with like you know marvel and star wars and things like that is it seems to be becoming very tribal um in Mm -hmm. a sense that you know people have, have have pitched their their flags in their camp Um, whatever that may be and have decided that, you know, because this is their camp um, you can't say anything or do anything contrary to what they believe that, you know, the the doctrine should be in terms of discussion around um, particular characters and, and movies and it's become really frustrating for me um you know just as a fan to engage with these things i mean we've we've seen this with you know um ghostbusters when that came out which you know i didn't think was a particularly good movie to be honest um and i said so in my review but Mm -hmm. i couldn't you know i just could not get my head around this this kind of anger that people had um, towards um this movie i i couldn't understand it yeah Um, i don't
2: understand it either
1: and you know it happened with the last jedi as well with star wars where people seem to be you know there seems to be a, a faction of people who who actively were trying to make the movie fail and mm-hmm. and you know were, were saying that the movie had ruined the star wars franchise and you know and they they wanted the director fired and they want the head of star wars uh fired and they want this and they want that and and again you know the, how you can have your opinion on the movie you can like it mm-hmm. you can not like it and you know it, I don't mind negative opinions on, on movies that I like. If if you can come up with, you know, a coherent argument as to why you don't like it, then, you yeah. know, if you if you turn around to me and you say, well, I didn't feel this performance was effective, I didn't feel the script was good, I didn't feel this, I didn't feel that, um, then fair enough. You know, if, if you're an honest actor, I'll, I'll take that. But when there are people out there, you know, try literally using their spare time to, to try and trash a movie that's, that before it's even come out, I just... You know I, I despair really and i i have no time for for people like that and i don't like engaging people like that either mm. um you know there's been a couple of times on on twitter when when people have tried to bring me into conversations like that and i'm I'm just not interested because you we're not you know you're not an honest actor you know i'm happy to talk to somebody who's an honest actor who has a, a an opinion that may differ from mine on a movie and that's fine you know we can talk about it that's what makes doing what we do fun like that's what makes podcasting fun is, yeah. is hearing different perspectives and seeing you know how people have have viewed something that you viewed in a different way and as and I said as long as it's coherent and it you know it, and it comes from an honest place then fine but you know, I, I don't understand it. So, yeah, this movie has, has had its its share of that. And it seems that this is obviously, as, as said, based on, you know, evidence. Um, this is not something that's going to go away. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think that that kind of thing might harm Captain Marvel going forward? Because, I mean, it, it seems to me like, to be honest, uh, a lot of people made a lot of noise and then the movie came out and they made a billion dollars. So obviously yeah. <laughs> a lot of people didn't bother paying attention to your, your brilliant YouTube think piece on why Brie Larson's politics mean that the movie should crash. But, um, you know, yeah, what what do you think about that? Do you think that that's going to have a, an impact on Captain Marvel going forward?
2: Uh, no. <laughs> is, is is the standard response I think that this movie has just given a big F you to all of those people it's not only uh, financially done incredibly well it's also been overall received very well by the people who have actually seen it um, and honestly the people who it's there for it's not there for the trolls it's mm. not there for people who don't give a shit about the character it's not there for people who don't want to see women headlining movies because all of the examples that you just talked about uh, ghostbusters and um the last jedi and this they're all fronted by a woman or women i mean it, could it be the fault of women you know Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's honestly I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that these people have nothing better to do with their time than to go online and 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 slag movies off Mm. movies that like you say before they've even been released and they've
0: Mm.
2: and they've not even actually watched and and at the end of the day like like you've just said if if they watch those movies and they decide based on that movie's own merit that they do not like it, well, that's fine. That That's their opinion. They are entitled to that opinion. Surely an opinion of a film before it's even, you know, come out on it's going to be shit, um, I don't you know i i think it's going to be rubbish it's going to fail um keep politics out of movies (laughs) exactly for whatever reason
1: when politics has been a part of movies (laughs) since the dawn of fucking time but but yeah
2: (laughs) honestly i i don't understand the mentality of of people who think that that's a really good and valuable use of their time because Mm. you know i i like to i like to see the positive in people i like to believe that people are are good or they can be good um and i i like to believe that people will admit when they're wrong and i know that that's maybe a little bit naive of me um to to kind of think that there are people out there who who would slag off something like ghostbusters or the last jedi and then watch it and go do you know what guys i said that i thought that movie would be shit but you know what i actually really liked it and i thought the performances by these women were great and and I know that doesn't happen because why would they? Because, you know, they want to save face. They're not going to admit that they liked that movie because they were slagging it off two months mm. ago before it even went out. So, of course, they're not. But I I am so happy that Captain Marvel stuck two fingers up at those people and went, do you know what? I don't give a shit what you think. I'm just making a billion dollars at the box office. So, you know, fuck you. Um mm. And and your, your trolly thoughts. Um and it makes me so sad actually because regarding Ghostbusters, I actually thought that was decent. I mm. actually have quite a lot of love for that movie. I mm. I know it's got problems, um, but I thought all of the lead actresses were great. Mm. And it it seems to me like I know and I know that because obviously we mentioned a little bit earlier about about um Hollywood and Hollywood does tend to stick to a formula that they know. Mm. Um, and so there is this um this thing in Hollywood at the moment where obviously we're we're asking for uh, more movies with primary you know, primarily uh women, female casts. We're asking for movies that are more diverse. Mm. Um, and Hollywood's going, yeah, 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 we're gonna do that for you, but What we're going to do is we're going to remake a movie that came out, you know, a couple of decades ago. But we're going to put women and people of colour in it. Is that okay? And most people uh, are going, well, okay. I'm not that kind of keen that you're remaking my movie that I loved a decade ago. But
0: Hmm.
2: well, okay, fine. Uh, I love Ghostbusters, the the original Ghostbusters movies. I think they're fun um they're childhood favorites so you know i have a lot of time for for ghostbusters but that didn't make me kind of stand up and go well i'm not watching a new ghostbusters with women because why would women be ghostbusters that's ridiculous it's like women can't fight ghosts what are you crazy mm. um i i i kind of took it on its own merit uh because the cast was was great um and I have a lot of time for, for the majority of the members of the cast. It introduced me to uh, members of the cast that I didn't know, like Kate McKinnon, who I've since kind of got to know a little bit by watching her SNL videos. And I just mm. think she is just... And, and Leslie Jones as well. I didn't know her. And now it's like, wow, these women are hilarious. I love these women. Um, and I just... I kind of feel a little bit like people have uh, a love for certain movies uh be it Ghostbusters or Star Wars or anything that that they know um from their childhood or from their early years and 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 they are very passionate about that and when it kind of comes around that these movies are going to be remade or reimagined or uh, Hollywood's going to do that it is going to do that it you can't stop it from doing that um and Everyone wants more diversity in our movies. We don't want movies with, you know, just white dudes in because mm. that was kind of what they used to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, white dudes have have got their role models in movies. They've got millions of role models to look at. And, mm. and I kind of feel like Hollywood should be investing more in up-and-coming talent and, you know, especially, you know, actors and screenwriters and directors and, but we've, we obviously mentioned a bit earlier about how difficult it is for studios to make these, you know, to have these new ideas and for, to get them funded and for people to actually want to see them when you've got these kind of big behemoth tentpole blockbusters by the likes of, of, of well, Disney, because hmm. Disney own everything now, yeah. um, and and it is it is really difficult, and I kind of feel like you can't have your cake and eat it. Hmm. You can't say, "Oh well, I want to see more more women and and people of color in my movies, but I don't want to see a remake of Ghostbusters, and I don't want to see uh star uh you know more Star Wars movies uh with a a woman as the main character, and I don't I don't want to see um. You know that that kind of—I don't want to see that kind of thing because it's in, it's kind of inevitable that that's what they're going to do, um, and I've kind of gone a bit off topic again. I really apologise. I, I don't <laughs> mean right, to. It's right. just I kind of get going. Um, I kind of feel like with regards to Captain Marvel, um, that because obviously we mentioned that Kevin Feige introduced Captain Marvel um, and also introduced her as you know the most powerful person in in you know, the whole of this universe that we're talking about. I think that kind of upset a lot of people in the sense that she was a woman. Mm. And and I think a lot of, of and obviously, you know, I'm not, I, I really want to be very careful in, I'm not pointing the finger at, at, at men in general or, you know, a, a certain type of, of person. And I, I want to be really clear on that because we are talking about a very small faction of the internet that is very insistent on hating everything mm. uh, that isn't what they want but you know we're, we're not in the playground anymore you know it's it's not a case of oh well you can't play with my toy because I don't like you I want to play with my toy you know we all have to share mm. and you know and sometimes you might not like something and that's fine Like it's okay to not like it but like you mentioned earlier don't Turn around and say you don't like it because it's got a woman in it, you know, Mm. because that's not that's not an adequate answer for me. It's It's, you know, you like you said, if you don't like it because you don't like the script, or you know, you don't you don't like the the plot of the movie or whatever, then that's absolutely fine. I have no problem. I have no problem with anyone saying to me, I didn't like Captain Marvel. And I'll go, okay, cool. Like Mm. that, that is that because I kind of feel like I I love it because it spoke to me. And no. and and I did a little episode on it because I kind of felt like I wanted to 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 put my thoughts out there about how it did speak to me and and I didn't expect it to speak to me because I was of the opinion that it was it was more for kids and I wanted it to speak to kids like my niece who's yeah. eight and I wanted her to have someone that she can look up to and she can believe in and she can think, well, I've got a hero that I can look up to, um, you know, just like, because, you know, we are living in a world where, where which is very sort of segregated with regards to gender and, you know, but boys can only like boys things and girls can only like girls things and I completely disagree with all of that, but I know the majority don't. So um, a lot of boys tend to lean towards the more sort of male superheroes, um, you know Spider-Man and Iron Man and that's great but girls wise i kind of feel like for me the lasting legacy of this movie is going to be the fact that she's here she's great she's she's a great role model and it's it's also important to recognize as well that a couple of years ago we had wonder woman and i know we've mentioned wonder woman briefly oh. um and a lot of the negativity i kind of felt that a lot of people had towards this movie was well we had wonder woman and right okay and then it's like a lot of articles popped up about wonder woman versus captain marvel who's better mm. and sort of pitching these two characters against each other and and and, and pitching the the actresses against each other mm. um and just the movies in general against each other and and i kind of feel like hang on wait a second so you have a woman in the DC universe who, in my opinion, her movie is the best of, of all of what DC has put out, I think. Um, she is strong. She's powerful. She's fierce. She, she crosses no man's land, for fuck's sake. You know, this woman is an in, in, incredible woman. And she... She has, a, you know, a heart and, and obviously she has a heart. That's a silly thing. She has heart. <laughs> not, she has a heart.
1: Obviously. I know what you but, mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: but, and she's a phenomenal, Wonder Woman is a phenomenal role model for girls and, and women in general. And, and then Captain Marvel comes along and it's like, well, hold on a second. Women are only allowed one superhero to like. You've mm. got to choose. Uh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't have to choose. You can like both. And, and I, I guess I kind of feel a little bit like maybe there is an oversaturation in the market where, when it comes to, because there are lots of male superheroes to choose from. And not once has anyone said, well, hang on there, you've got Batman and you've got Iron Man, but who's better? Mm. You know, let's, let's just pitch them against each other and you've got to choose which one you like more. Do you like Batman more or Iron Man more? Because they're, they're very similar.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and no one's ever kind of done that no one's ever kind of pitched them against each other mm. and and that there does seem to be this kind of mentality uh, generally kind of in the world that you're allowed to have lots and lots and lots of things that are you know the more kind of masculine edge um, of, of superheroes you're allowed to have multiples you're allowed to like different ones you're allowed to like more than one. But when it comes to the female side, you well, we've got two now, which is great because that's more than what we had before, but you're only allowed to pick one. Like, how is how is that progression? Mm. You know, it, it, it really doesn't make sense. And I, I really no. hope that the lasting legacy of this movie is we're gonna get more. Yeah. I want to see Monica Rambo, I want to see where she is, who she is. Like, are we gonna get photon turn up in the MCU? Mm. Um, I want to see black widow we've They've said we're going to have a black widow movie. Let's get that black widow movie. It's a bit late, but mm. I'll take it mm. let let's get that let's mm. let's be in a position where we're not talking about that the legacy of this movie is well, now we've got two superheroes that young girls and boys, if they wish, can look up to. you know, let's be in a position where we've got loads' because it's only fair, really. At the end of the day um and 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 just to make a point that i i feel very strongly that um with regards to black panther because black panther was obviously an incredible movie and i, I have a lot of time for it like i say it's it's i think it's number four or five in my top 10 because uh i think it was number four actually um and 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 I, I think that is a, just an incredible movie just in general. Um, and I, I kind of feel like, in a way, it's kind of our Black Panther <laughs> mm. because Black Panther was so important. Um, and whilst I don't think that Captain Marvel is quite up to the level of filmmaking as Black Panther was, mm. um, obviously Black Panther got uh, a Best Picture nomination at the Oscars. Which mm. is just phenomenal in itself, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what an amazing achievement for everyone involved in that movie. And I, I, I'm not. I don't think that Captain Marvel will get an Oscar nomination next year. I not that I don't think it deserves it, but I don't think it's. I don't think that the Academy will think of it in that way. Mm. Um, but that's not a slight. Like, it's no. right against it I just no, don't no, think no. That, no. I think the black panther was 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 more deserving of of mm. that accolade mm. um but it's like it was important for Black Panther to to be around at the time when it came out and it's 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 similarly important for Captain Marvel um but also the women in Black Panther were phenomenal mm. like some of the best um portrayals of of women in pretty much any you know MCU movie uh, yeah. you know going forward and and obviously I mean you know since then we've had like Valkyrie who's who's just great and I want to see Captain Marvel and Valkyrie together mm. desperately <laughs> and I think the whole world does and I and mm. I saw on Twitter that um Tessa Thompson and Brie Larson are, are keen. So mm. let's get that going because you know it's 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 really important. It's important for everyone to be able to see them on screen and to be able to to have that representation. It's so important. And we're we're kind of beyond the stage of of having um a Marvel universe that's just kind of for the dudes with you know women as love interests and secondary characters it's yeah yeah, we're beyond that now we've we're moving forward and i want to see more Mm. Uh, i feel like i'm um look oliver twist like please sir i want some more
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i I think the um personally i mean you know trolls will, will be trolls and they will be there but um but i think the future is bright um particularly for for captain marvel and i think you know, finally, I think Marvel Studios is is listening and and is aware now that that people want um, to have women in 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 these movies and have them as lead characters in these movies, and um, I think that you know we're captain marvel really and and the financial and and cultural success that that movie is is shaping up to be will 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 open the door for you know for photon to appear and for you know kamala khan miss marvel to appear and you know for for all of these characters that that people love you know um so i am i'm i'm hopeful i'm optimistic i think that there is a, a bright future much in the way that you know we we felt optimistic when black panther was so successful we we felt that you know maybe the door is now being opened in in Hollywood and other studios Mm. are going home okay so people don't mind if you if you get a a, you know a diverse cast together and you actually spend some marketing money on it even though to be fair the Fast and the Furious franchise had been proving that a long time ago as well because they 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 cracked that formula really quickly really early on and were like oh so like you like a diverse cast yeah all right well, well we'll do that then um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, I do feel like the the legacy of Captain Marvel will be of one of a, of a trailblazer, one that will, you know, start a, a process that, that hopefully will lead us to getting our, you know, our Black Widow movie and, um, as said, our Photon movie. I mean, I'm, I'm quite partial to A-Force movie. I don't know if you know A-Force um, from the comics. I don't. No, I
2: don't. No. Um, but
1: they're, they're basically an all-female Avengers team. Oh um, oh
2: sweet and i i'm
1: <laughs> like really partial to that and i think now that that marvel has got enough um really well rounded female characters in in place in their universe there's, there's definitely um no reason why they can't do it now Um so you know I, I i'm hopeful that that we will get that going forward although they still have to bring in she-hulk and they haven't done that yet um but oh well yes, i think i think that's still
2: that. owned by universal i think because <laughs> yes, Universal I think is, still yeah. has the rights i think to she-hulk and they have an agreement so, yeah. for mm. bruce banner but i don't think that agreement extends to uh oh, I can't remember her name. Jennifer Jennifer, Jennifer Gen- Waters. Yeah. Jennifer Waters, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I think that would definitely be interesting if mm. they could have uh an agreement uh put in place for uh the characters that they don't currently own. I mean, you know, well, they made an agreement with Sony for Spider-Man, yeah. which was pretty revolutionary actually. Yes. Um yeah. so there's nothing to say that they can't have a chat to Universal about. The characters that they still own and um yeah yeah you never know we might get yeah. we may even get another hulk movie one day uh yeah. if any the way i look at it is anything is possible now yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we it is a bit of a golden age of of um superhero cinema in the sense that they do have all these characters they can access these other characters um the the world is kind of their oyster, really. Um, I just hope that uh, Disney continue to respect, uh, in a way, respect the wishes of, of the people who really want to see all of these different characters, and um, you know that that I hope that they continue in, on the current path of of inclusivity, and mm-hmm. that we have more. Different cultures represented because one of the things I loved about Black Panther was that obviously all of the different kind of African tribes that were represented and and it was genuinely stuff that I I didn't even because I, I I understand that they're fictional but obviously based on on real African tribes and mm-hmm. I I didn't know any of that like
0: yeah and
2: it was I think if you can go into a movie and you enjoy it and you think it's fun. And you walk out of it and you think, well, I've learned something like I, I didn't know about another culture or, you know, another religion or whatever. Then then that is kind of the greatest thing of all, because, yes, it's entertainment. But if it can actually teach you something, then even better in mm. my in my opinion. And that was something I kind of felt about Black Panther and, and, you know, with regards to Captain Marvel, I just kind of walked out and I didn't feel like I learned anything. I was alive in the nineties. I knew about Windows 95 and how <laughs> rubbish it was.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, dial <laughs> and
0: dial
2: up internet. Yeah, and dial up internet. And, and um, you know, reminiscing about going to my local blockbuster video to, to rent a VHS tape. Hmm. Um, and so it was, I didn't feel like I learned anything, but you know, a, a a young teenager or a child doesn't know any of that. Um, so hopefully they can walk out of it and go, well, I know sort of what life was like in the nineties, you know, they they didn't have like mobile phones and fast internet and they just kind of had to go on a street corner and and, and use a payphone. It's like ridiculous. But <laughs> at least I know now they had to do it. But mm, yeah, yeah, I I, it, like I say, it resonated with me on a personal level because of the music and because of the setting. And um, But, yeah, I, it, it's important that you come out of a movie, I think, and that, like Marie Kondo always says, does it spark joy? And if it sparks joy, well, that's great. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. spark joy, well, that's okay too. That's your yeah. opinion. Like, mm. But uh, for me, these movies spark joy, and yeah. Captain Marvel sparked joy more than anything for me
1: brilliant so. brilliant cool well M, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today um it's been a huge amount of fun to <laughs> kind of hear you talk about um what this movie means to you and, and how much you enjoyed it and you know you you've been just a brilliant guest so um i think hands down we, we're going to have to have you back on again um we're definitely going to have to do that uh, mummy appreciation podcast episode because um, oh
2: i would be so down for that fan. you know i'm so, a yeah me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, honestly i, I want to say thank you for for having me on and for basically just winding me up and letting me go uh <laughs> and you know because obviously my podcast hasn't been out for very long um mm. and I I'm obviously quite mindful of that fact that you know um when you've not kind of been out there very long and you, you you kind of feel a little bit nervous about doing something like this and and honestly you've you've just been so supportive on you know for my show and helping me get it out there and and I'm so grateful to Woolong Talks for just just being stand up guys you know just just the nicest guys pretty much in the podcasting world I swear to god you're just you're just (laughs) so great and and obviously I'm a fan of your show I love listening to you so it's it's a little bit like it's it feels a little bit weird like talking to you (laughs) because obviously I I I hear you guys like when I'm Hmm. out and about and so yeah it's it's very surreal talking to you but it's it's honestly been this this pod this episode sparks joy for me (laughs) (laughs) no does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well if that isn't a seal of approval i don't know what is <laughs> <So> thank, you. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you but um yeah listeners i mean it, it's been great talking to em um you know verbal diorama is a podcast that uh it, as you know i mean if you follow us on social media we mention it a lot um because you know M's great and and what she's doing is great um recently she released an episode uh, all about Judge Dredd um, or sorry, rather Dredd. Yeah, the, wrong the movie. movie, Yeah, th- sorry, I've got those completely mixed up. Um, which <laughs> That's is, okay, I forgive you. Is somewhat shameful really considering <laughs> little the little difference bit. between those A two little movies bit. in yeah. quality. <laughs> A little
2: bit. But do you know <laughs> but, what? Um, you're, not, you're not the only person who gets them confused because people I talk about when I say, oh yeah, I did an episode on Dredd. And they're like, don't you mean Judge Dredd? And I'm like, hmm. No. <laughs> i don't mean dread. i mean dread uh but yeah, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but no i mean the episode is is fantastic i've i've shared it previously on on social media but um could you let the listeners know where they can listen to that show and and where they can talk to you as well because as i said you're you're hella fun to talk to on twitter so um you know if you want to plug your your pluggables plug away
2: oh cool okay well um you can find my show um, pretty much anywhere. I am um, i know I'm on iTunes and Spotify and basically any podcast app that you've got, um, just type in Verbal Diorama and you will find me. And uh, I guess you can also follow me on all of the social medias. Uh, it's all really easy because um, apparently I'm really good at picking uh, names for my podcasts which don't exist on social media. So mm-hmm. it's literally... Uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, uh, just at Verbal Diorama. So it's really simple. You can find me and you can talk to me because I'll pretty, as, as you've probably established from listening to this, I will talk about anything. A lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. I mean, that's what we're in this business for. We're in this business to talk. So um, listeners, make sure you uh, get out M Verbal Diorama on on Twitter and have a chat with her because she's fantastic. Um, Right, before we go, a couple of quick shout outs. Um, A big thank you, first of all, to Rob Wade from Um, Emotionally14.com. Emotionally14 is a small podcast network that brings together geek podcasts and and pop culture podcasts um, that really cover things anything from the kind of stuff we do like comic books and and movies um and gaming right up to kind of star wars so if you're a big star wars fan they've they've got two really cracking um star wars podcasts on on that network actually Um, and rob is the guy who who makes the magic happen so um, a big thank you to rob Um, and i said you can find us there as well so um you know if you pop along to emotionally14.com um you'll find us there and also a big thank you as always to the team from the brick prod scene who uh, a big support to us as well uh, For those of you that don't know BritPodScene is an independent podcast network Of purely British podcasters um, What they cover again I mean topics wise You can get anything from bird watching to Ali McBeal To True Crime to us to motor racing football whatever you like uh, i'm sure you will find something on the Britpod scene that tickles your fancy so make sure you head over to www.britpodscene.com um and check out all of the shows over there because as i said they're brilliant um well that's it for us really uh, we're gonna wrap this episode up now I hope you've enjoyed it um if you've got any thoughts on Captain Marvel that you want to share with us uh, then make sure you listen to the end of the episode you'll find a, a short trailer there that'll let you know how we can get in touch I'm gonna say good night because my throat is really dry and I've got a delicious <laughs> bottle of apple juice waiting for me in the fridge so I'm gonna awesome. say, goodnight. <laughs> M, say goodnight. good night M say good night good night! And we'll see you all next week, guys. Take care of yourselves and be good. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the Brickpod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters.